This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the Project Manga Podcast, where we cover Ayashimon, Mission Yozakura Family, Jujutsu Kaisen, Dr. Stone, My Hero, and One Piece, week to week. Back this week, covering Weekly Shonen Jump, issue number seven. I'm your host, Eagle. Knox. And I'm Mellow Yenis. And as always, before we get started, we would just ask that you take a look in that description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts, such as Twitter, online communities like Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on, as well as uh, ways to support the podcast by, you know, looking out our online store or checking out our Patreon. So uh, also while you're down there, you'll be able to find convenient timestamps that will allow you to navigate the video and avoid spoilers for series you're not current in. And also, while you're down there, like the video and subscribe to the channel if you're not already. Yeah. And with all that said, yeah. fire ass we can jump this week all, all across the board. Great for real. bangers all, all across the, the across board. Across fire ass we can jump. It's one of the strongest weeks in a while, I want to say. <laughs> yes. When it rains, yes. it pours, boys. When it rains, it pours. When it rains, it does pour. I swear these manga artists are like, hey, you, you lined up? You ready? You about okay. to drop a banger? I'm about to good. drop a banger. You good? Gondaira? Okay. Gege? Okay. We all here. I need to push up my schedule. I need to yeah. I need to sync up with these guys. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, with that said, let's uh, jump right into it with chapter eight of Ayashi Mon starting off. <laughs> Don't tell me it's in bad taste. Fire. And uh, Dopo this chapter, man. Yes. Love, love everything about it. We're continuing. Wonder... Oh yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. You. I was just, I was just gonna say, I just love the the way that we're continuing to uh, develop Dopo as a as a character and a villain. I feel like Yuji Kaku's delivery on that front has has been really interesting and really well paced. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yes. and he's honestly very like terrifying. He's like, yo, fuck that fucking dual shit. I ain't saying the words. I ain't doing nothing. I'm yeah. just about to beat your ass into a pulp. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I know you ain't killing me. He's confident. He's like, I ain't getting into turn. I ain't getting turned into coins today. Yeah, and it's and it's still it's still really early, so it's like kind of to be expected to a certain degree. But whenever Dopo yeah. is in the scene, we don't just get like power and character establishment. We also get like tons of world building too, because. The Suzumi drums, like creating a separate space for conflict that can't be noticed is really cool. I don't know if we've gotten that already. Mm -hmm. I don't I think that might be new. But the conditions for the ritual duel seem to be um like kind of getting like more like fleshed out here. I think you need to hit like I think you need to be you have to have a particular placement of your goons with the Suzumi drums, and then you have to both agree to duel. And then maybe you have to change into your full yokai form to like kind of complete the ritual or whatever to like well, he's gotta, lock it into its rules or whatever. From what we've seen so far, they have to like take their mask off, yeah, you know, like and reveal their you know yokai form, yeah. and then they have to say the 
ritual dual words. Yeah, right? that, yeah. Um, I, I think that's what he's trying to like say here. He's like, I'm not saying the words. I'm not taking my mask off. This is not an official ritual duel. It doesn't follow those rules or whatever, I think is what he's trying to say. It's like, I don't yeah. need to and I don't want to. Right. So Type shit. I'm just going to murk you right here. Boys, shoot him up. Like, yeah. <laughs> snap of the finger. Yeah. I love it. It's so gangster. And it like it follows the sort of like... Um, like fey spirit rules like the idea like never say sorry to a fey never like give them your name never like actively accept things from them you mm -hmm. know those kind of things you have to follow like old school rules to like not get caught up in their magic or you know their bullshit right um yeah so I, cool. I really like that um i think that it's less about like the mask coming off like I think that a duel is going to force them to be their true selves, right? So sure. if, a du if, a, if they have the duel, the yokai automatically unmasks to be their true selves. And because Maruo is a Maribito, he's just, I'm just me, man. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, man, I need more Maribito information, like, so yeah. soon. Like, I'm I so want curious. it, like, right now, like, next chapter, like, type shit. Because if this fight does go, you know, kind of full, full, uh, full frontal, full force, or whatever. I feel like that would be, just be a good time to just get Maribito information. You want to have that kind of, um, you know, that kind of situation earlier. I want to say rather than later, because like if you if you if you give them like a transformation to get through a certain kind of situation, like later in the game, the later you do that, like yeah, it's hype, but like you have to worry about how it kind of um, fits in with the rest of the progression of the of the protagonist up until that point. I feel like if you do it earlier, since we've already kind of gotten a little bit of a hint of what Maribito are in this world, and this is his first, like, real kind of conflict that he can't just punch his way through, seemingly, I feel like now, er, uh, better earlier than later would be to get the, the Maribito explanation and then build off that, you know, as the series continues, rather than having him punch through a bunch of shit for 50 fucking chapters and then finally you know capitalizing on the maribito information like at a more dire point i feel like would not hit as hard personally mm. yeah. so i really like the akari's like reactions to a lot of things that go throughout the chapter um like i i really liked like the moment where he cries Oh, sure. Just to skip a little past, like, the fight, because the fight's amazing, and I yeah. think we'll definitely go in-depth on that. But, right, like, right, right. There's this moment where um, he sees the horn, the car carved horn sheath on page 15 and cries on page, like, 18. Ah, um, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, and after seeing that and, like, seeing, like, the ice abilities in the fight... Um, it made me wonder if he was sort of like, like a Yuki Ona type yokai, you know, okay. the ice, the ice woman, mm. and because like, Dopo is like masculine presenting, but there's a lot of feminine traits and like demons, supernatural creatures are always in my mind as seen as sort of like they are beyond gender, they choose the form that suits them the best. Yeah. So I wonder if Dopo Kari is actually like a Yuki Ona ice woman. And that they Ooh. had affection for the previous chairman. Keo, yeah. He, yeah. Because I feel like they're just like, they were a little jealous. Yeah. Right? Like, they, it seemed like this is emotional. This is something that tied to them. And 
there's a reason why they were like, okay, you know, if I can't have the person, I can have their legacy. And maybe that's why they took over the Enma Syndicate. Sure. Because they're like, if I can't have you, then I can have the thing that you were. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't really think about it like that. Like I definitely felt that Dopo had some kind of sentimental attachment to the previous chairman Keo. And that's why like the tear kind of came down. I didn't think about the ice woman. I didn't think about jealousy or anything like that. The way that I kind of looked at it was it's like, Hey, chairman died. We all fucked with him, but we were all kind of waiting for our chance to kind of be him or be them. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know what I mean? So once his death was kind of confirmed, naturally all of the other syndicates would be like all right i'm up next you know what i mean like this is just the natural progression of things i feel like i have what it takes to be the next chairman i'm stepping up to do that mm -hmm. and then now being reminded you know of of chairman keo in this way brought about a tear of like man i really miss that guy but like this is the way the world is now like i'm on top now like i i run i, this, I run this yeah. shit now you know what i mean like kill the girl that sucks that you know Keo had a daughter and like I respect that about you know Keo and you know I feel things for that but at the same time it's like this is my playground now like we got to keep it moving you know what I mean it's kind of how I interpreted the scene but yeah but that that ice woman that ice woman shit is cool because like you never know when that lore research is is going to come out you know inside of inside of this series because Yuji Kaku if there's one thing that he's really good at it's research on the subject matter that he's writing about you know what i mean so like you see that all yeah. all all over jigo karaku you know what i mean like that he's real serious about that kind of shit so you literally never know when that kind of stuff can pop up in hayashi yeah i think it's i think it's also like it's a good cultural climate to have characters that are um like gender ambiguous uh gender yeah. neutral or even like transgressing mm -hmm. um so like i like the idea of like because like i like the idea of like dopo being the yuki ona and he's like well i have this mask this is who i want to be yeah. as opposed to like what i was like what i existed in the beginning as yeah. so i like the idea of transformation um and like the part where like they get punched and they kind of turn into like a snow a little bit where like they get yeah. punched through the face. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah, yeah. kind of where I, that's where it started getting it and like the fact that they create like this large crystal yes. scythe out of their arm. That yes. was super cool. Yeah. And I like that it's like non fire. Like they're like fire, and that's like ah, sacred. Yeah. Okay, got your little yeah. tricky trick. The ability to steal heat <clears throat> is really cool, and I think that like your ice demon or uh, ice queen like thing like kind of like is starting to to make a little bit more sense because like not only is he just stealing heat but he does kind of seem to break apart like snow when he's punched in the face i was wondering what that effect was i was wanting to ask you guys what you thought about that because it doesn't seem like it's just regular regeneration or you know or anything <laughs> like that or or whatever you know you'd think when you first look at it it does look like it could be a snow effect inside of yuji kaku's illustration style yeah <clears throat> yeah it could um... be snow or i mean it's tough to say because yeah. it doesn't look like snow or ice breaking apart. Right. It just looks just more looks like deleted. a paper kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to say. Exactly. It's tricky. Um, though, I like that they're using, like... He... I think that, like, Dopo is, like, a fantastic, like, torture-oriented bad guy. Like, yeah. his dialogue for that is just, like... 
Jeez, that must hurt. What's that device used for? They're going to do that to me later. Getting to think that that's what breaks people's spirits. And then, right. like, him, like, casually breaking down what his abilities are doing to you. It's like, yeah, if you freeze apart, you'll never get full function, even if you Because water in the cells expand, freeze, and shred the cell walls. Yes. And it's oh, just yeah. like... It's just like this very like matter of fact, very yeah. clinical, detached, impersonal yes. thing. And He's got I being a gangster down to down to a T. He knows how to talk to you. He knows how murders. to like be cool while also giving information. You know what I mean? Like when he's talking about torture and he's like, see, you try to torture someone for information and sometimes they can just take it. Or on the flip side, they could be so weak that they just die on you. But you torture someone in front of them and that, you know, becomes a little bit more cause for compassion and just like them doing what you want them to do because yeah. it's not about them. It's about someone else. And the, especially inside of shonen storytelling and just manga storytelling in general, you do get a lot of characters that are on some I don't care what happens to me type shit. Don't fucking hurt my friends or family. You know what I mean? So it feels like it's kind of playing on that while establishing this very like robert de niro in casino like joe pesci and goodfellas kind of like gangster villain that knows how to use you know real world physics and explanations for things to to, to help plant that seed of doubt and worry you know like whenever someone's when, when he's explaining like cell walls and freezing and shit like that like me personally i was like yo that makes a lot of sense oh my god yeah. that would suck like yo like when that you yeah when you get scientific with it it's like okay now i believe you even more you know what i mean and it's yes, like now yes. i'm even scared, more scared type shit i'm already worried about getting frostbite mm -hmm. just every winter it's a little in the back of my mind like i hope i don't have to like go anywhere for like extended yeah. periods of times like yeah. um but like I live much closer to my workplace now, so it's a much easier walk. Yeah. Um, but it's just like it's like ah, oh, frostbite just sounds so bad. Ever since I watched that movie Mr. Deeds, I've been terrified of getting frostbite. Thanks, yeah. Adam Sandler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But nah, man, this chapter did a lot for you know the advancement of the plot, um, but it was also you know packed with a bunch of cool subversions that play against the expectations that the series have kind of set up for us so far. Like, mm -hmm. and they even mention it themselves, like, in the chapter. Like, it's not a ritual duel. My fire isn't hot, etc. You know what I mean? Like, I love when I can feel the awareness of shonen storytelling history from the creator. And it's like, when do we stop giving you, you know, the same thing over and over and then subvert that when you're expecting, you know, something of the same? And it's like, when he was like, this ain't a ritual duel, you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, okay. So... Maruo's not guaranteed to just win this because I felt like if he would have been like, yep, it's the ritual duel, only one person can come out of those. And obviously the main character isn't going to die in chapter eight. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, right, right. I just love that. Oh, man. I, I, I think there's something interesting because there's a lot of like hidden exposition in this, in this chapter, mm -hmm. I feel. Um, like, especially with the barrier drums and stuff. But the 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 carved horn nut dagger that she's given um on page 14 mm. you'll regain your power that's your birthright as an oni yes. so this confirms what yeah. ooh -ra, ra ra is 
And that kind of makes sense because, like, the traditional, like, figure of, like, King Enma, Lord of Hell, is usually that giant guy with, like, the Oni tusks Mm -hmm. and the horns, big red skin, like, Dragon Ball Z, the big, like, Bagua. Koenma's dad. Bagua. Yeah. Koenma's dad. Absolutely. 100%. And so I'm like, Urara being an Oni, like, fits that image so much. So for me, I'm like, yes, traditional, like, supernatural lore it's yeah. just like chef's kiss love yeah. that f- great confirmation but um, this is cool too because it's like urara was hinting at abilities that she had prior to this dagger's introduction in the narrative so she has her own kind of like personal abilities that don't rely on whatever her true form is that hashihime seems to be you know hinting yeah, like at she here. did that shit with the hair with bro. the hair like, and oh, she let man. the she let the kimono down and was like don't get it twisted i'm still that bitch or whatever she said yeah. when she was about to to turn up or whatever and it's like man it's like okay so she's gonna have her own little personal shit and then she's gonna pull the knife out and get crazier like that's really cool i think it'll be interesting because i like i think it'll be in, uh, i think it'll be similar to like she'll have ingenuity right she's used to working with like a limited amount of power and like working with within her abilities and then getting a major boost she might be trying to apply tactics like the clever feints and stuff that mm-hmm. she had to use with less power uh, sure. to uh, like an even stronger power and like maybe she'll have a parallel to Maruo where they can't control their strength because they're just not used to it. Um, I think that would be really nice because um, she displayed displayed like a a remarkable protagonist moment for her in this chapter. She was like, yeah, they're disposable pawns. I can get rid of Maruo. I can just leave. Hashihime, fuck them. And she's like, yeah it's like i got i gotta i gotta i gotta hold my people down yeah absolutely. pull the yeah. dagger out yeah <laughs> pull the dagger but out i'm just i'm yeah. really curious to see how this situation is going to get resolved because like you guys have been talking about like this is an early in the story type situation with one of the you know top people who we think are looking at right now as a end of the story possibly at least end of the arc type yeah. boss yeah yeah, yeah. And the main characters have to get out of it somehow. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm curious to see how it's going to get resolved here. Yeah, I know. Cause it's Whether like, I feel like it has to be just interrupted. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's no way Dopo goes down this early after being built up so well, unless fucking Yuji Kaku just has a litany of incredible main villains that we can just go through. You know what I mean? Like after like however long, you know, but it seems like Yuji Kaku is really trying to set up Dopo, Dopo to be a, a consistent factor yeah. in the conflict for at least a little bit longer than maybe even a first arc. Like I can see him lasting like at least like 30 chapters. Saga you know type. Mean? Yeah. Type shit. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, I love, I love the, the Urara like moment of staying to fight for Maruo because after that, when she does stay, then we go into, you know, Dopo talking shit to her. Like, you know, his his people are like, didn't you just say that, you know, she's Chairman Kios? He's like, hey, don't worry about that. It doesn't matter. Blow her brains out. She was hidden away, yeah. right? She made sure, he made sure no one even knew she existed. <clears throat> that means she's a nobody. She's not worthy of officially inheriting anything. He abandoned her. That's got to be, like, a major point of, you know, Urara's character, is at least in terms of, like, introspective, like, doubt or struggle or trauma or anxiety, personal fear or whatever, and he just fucking, like, stimulated that, and Maruo can feel that, 
and he gets up and was like nah you know he's he's dumb like he doesn't like understand her like mode of thinking entirely but like she she doesn't know that she was you know contemplating just leaving them and you know because he's expendable mm -hmm. or whatever but she's there now getting torn you know getting uh ripped on by by dopo and he's like no nah, i gotta yeah. hold my homegirl down hits the fucking gear second pose boom that panel is so fire i love that he does like a manga reference i want to yeah. see how many manga references we can find in his like fighting stances yeah and i hope that they're all really you know i hope that like the whole manga protagonist thing it's like whatever it's <laughs> early you want to like you want to talk about it in dialogue all the time because that's the gimmick like that's the theme that's the thing and that's like totally fine or whatever yeah. but like how long is that going to be you know cool until before it gets like annoying or something like that and i feel like yuji kaku is aware enough about that to where like he can give it to you in dialogue just enough to where it's not like overbearing and annoying but then mostly it just comes from little illustrative references you know or at least more subtle mm -hmm. references in the dialogue than just shouting i want to be a manga protagonist no like we see it in his fighting style and and yeah. shit like that so that's good enough a lot of the time i uh, like that yuji kaku trusts his reader Mm -hmm. to be smart enough to see it when they see it like right, it's just right, like right. hey i don't need to ham hand this i don't need to spell it out i don't have to have him say i want to be the hokage and then strike a fighting pose like every time he's just like no 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 you you're gonna get it you're gonna get it because exactly. like even the point of like like you were talking about like page 18 where he's like really throwing every emotional damage that he can at mm -hmm. um urarara he does it the entire time he refuses to look at her and he's like, and he says, even it's like, shoot her now before I, and it's like, does that mean he can't do it himself? Does that mean he can't bring himself to do it? And he's Ooh, like, no, no, yeah. no, I can't do it. Men take care of it. I am deferring responsibility for this action because yeah. I cared for the Keo family. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe like, you know, <clears throat> shoot the girl, do it before I change my mind before I, mm -hmm. you know, get too sentimental in the moment and let yeah. her escape or something like, yeah. yeah, I think you're spot on with that. That was fine. I think so too, because like yeah. he refuses to look at her and the way he like really tears her apart, it feels like, um, like, like an emotional, like reflex, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're like, Oh no, no, I have like, I had a plan. I was going to do all these things. I've got new information. Fuck, I hate this. I don't like how I'm feeling about this. Yep. I'm going to violently react the opposite and try to find justifications yeah. to hate her. Wow. Fuck yeah. That was so well said. I, I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm right on board. I'm on board with that as well. Yeah. Um, so I feel like eventually he might try to like get them into the Enma Syndicate. Oh shit, he might fight Maruo and like the interruption is I don't want to fight you anymore. I want you to join my team. <laughs> yeah, and then they've already started war with every other gang. So mm. now Maruo would have a bunch of people to fight. And I think it would be fitting with the series because like on page 22, 23 at the end of the thing, he's like I admire your loyalty and he's like loyalty. What do you mean? This is gratitude. All I've been waiting for is a fight, and you're strong, you're a scumbag, yeah. and you won't go down no matter how many times I hit you. This, this is a first for me. Yeah. I think I'm in love. Yeah, <laughs> straight up, yes. Right. Oh, Dude, man. I, I love Moreau. He's so gritty, and I'm like, oh, this kid's, this kid's cracked. He's yeah. broken. I love him. Yeah, <laughs> look at this so fucking panel up. on 22. Like, this is gratitude. Like, he just looks like such a menace. <laughs> 
He yeah. is a menace to society. Yeah, I mean, up. did you see what he did to that bakery? <laughs> yeah, for real. For, did you see what he did to everything that he's ever come in contact <laughs> he's with? Yeah. <laughs> he's Dude. fucked up, though. Like, he's about to die. <laughs> Umaru? Yeah. Yeah, he looks he looks pretty fucked up. <sighs> like that last panel? Yeah. Yeah, you never you never know. <laughs> I want to see I want to see how this pans. I'm really interested because I like I love that Yujikaku has created a thing where it follows a lot of tropes. It has enough subversions where I genuinely don't know where this is going. Right. And I love that. I've got that a couple feeling. theories, but yeah. I love that feeling. It's yeah. the best. I'm so glad we picked this up this series. Oh like, yeah, yes. dude. Yeah. Um, that's it for Yashimon for me. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I think just I'm good stoked. too. I can't wait till the next chapter because it's like the, the the last thing that I'm kind of waiting for in Ayashimon before I'm like, yep, this shit's good. Don't got to worry about set it and forget it kind of thing is like power for Maruo. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's hit a wall here now to where his current fighting style just is doesn't seem to be enough. I can't see him outright defeating Dopo this early. So after whatever interruption that happens, this whatever the next stretch of storytelling is would be a great opportunity for us to learn more about how Maruo can compete effectively in this series against stronger Ayashimon than the ones that he's kind of been facing. And Dopo kind mm. of entering as that first example of why it's important that Maruo learns more about the underworld and what it means to operate inside of it is going to be really important you know depending on how this fight in particular kind of ends so mm -hmm. i'm dumb excited I... for the next chapter i think with how well he did on uh what was the power system in um jigo frock tau yeah tau i think with how well he did with tau exactly yes we're gonna be good he knows how I... to do a good power system like i really need to start uh i start just started like the first like three chapters of jigo karaka <gasps> personally so like i need to check that out oh um, i didn't I'm know gonna... that you hadn't read yeah, jigo karaka really yet well everyone's been talking about it so yeah. i was like i need to i need to catch up bro but, oh like, man um, yeah i wonder if um urara like gains more hair power you know because mm. she already used her hair for a while so if she can like further enhance her hair once she unsheathed the sword the the dagger mm -hmm. would she be able to like use her hair and like wreath maruo in like demonic hair armor because she, be, because she yeah. does like little like little spiral drills of hair she did yeah. that once yeah what if she creates like a like um like she cuts off a chunk of her hair Wraps it, it wraps around like his fists and becomes like a little like knuckle dusters. Yeah. Like spiked knuckle dusters. And he's like, yeah, demon energy. Yeah, that, yo, if that's like the way that they kind of link since he's like not actually an Ayashimon, obviously they're talking about Marubito stuff. So he'll probably have a power mm -hmm. set inside of that eventually. But in the meantime, kind of, um, you know, to make up for his lack of Yojutsu teams up with fucking urara in that way would be so fucking sick <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like i think with like cutting hair that yeah. to regrow or regenerate would be a good way to limit that kind of power boost could you say that again your internet kind of like spiked oh, or dropped for um, a sec. so with like if she cuts her hair and uses it as a weapon to bed 
you know, she has to let her hair grow back. So I mm. think that like having that downtime for like that boost, she's like, I can't do this all the time. Mm. The more I cut my hair, the more power I'm siphoning off of it, the longer it will take to regrow. Sure. So I can only do this sparingly. So it's like a visual representation of her mana pool. Which is like yeah, really cool. That would be really would cool love if that, that was a thing. Because it's like, okay, it's a big fight. I'm going to give you my hair. Cuts it down to like the bob or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, and then gives him the rest of the hair as like armor or whatever you're, or, or whatever mm. you're saying. And then after that fight, it's like, we know that they, and maybe the hair grows back quicker, like much quicker than usual just because of like Ayashimon stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? But like you just never know. You seeing never know. her with less hair as they go into the next conflict means that they don't have like the full range of capabilities that they had in the last conflict, which builds stakes. You know what I mean? So that would be a really <laughs> cool if there was a physical representation of that. That would then somebody like, laps her shit off in one arc and they're like, <laughs> no! Yeah. Like at the start of the arc, like someone ninjas behind her and just like cuts her hair oh, off before man. the conflict even starts. No. She cuts off, like, a big chunk of hair, she throws it to Maruo, and then one guy just, like, super speeds, grabs it into his hands, and, like, incinerates, incinerates it. Incinerates it all. It's like, it's well, like... you don't have that trump card now. Now what are you going to do? Like, yeah. yo, that would be I crazy. Want... But, but I, I think that's a good way to, like, limit uses of boosts. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like, sure. you can't just Power Ranger your way through this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. And I'd, yeah. and I'd that's love it for that. me. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm good on Ayashimon, too. I also am good on Ayashimon. All right, well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter 113 of Mission Yozakura Family. Uh, title is... Da, 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 da. Where's the title? We now now this Hazard. Over. Now, now Hazard, it's on the color page. Oh, it's on the Top color right. page. <laughs> yeah, now, now Hazard. I fucking love this chapter, man. It starts off as like a... Like this, horror like movie. slasher horror flick vibe. That's like one of my favorite <laughs> things about like times in 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 Yozakura family. Like this is like these kind of chapters start off with some wild situation that make you go like, "How did we get here?" And then and the storytelling like loops back, you know, jumps back a bit and shows you. I think that's a brilliant mm, yeah. strategy for the more um, for the more like slice Condensed. of life, yeah, like whole story in one chapter kind of episodes of mm. of, of Yozakura family. It needs to go that way. Yeah, because there's there's yeah. instantly something that has you go, I need to see how the rest of this chapter pans out so I can get an explanation on this. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it was, uh, this was a nice, feel-good chapter. I like this. Um, especially the moment at the end between um, Kyoichiro and Nanao. Super wholesome. Yeah. Big brother to little brother moment. Yeah, that's the major and, point um, for sure. Yeah, that's the major point. I mean, obviously, but uh, dude, Nanao is such a good slasher. Like he for he real just, though. He's he such is. a good slasher. He's got like the face, like the immovable mask. Yeah. He's, he's got big the and imposing. Frame. Yeah, yeah. He's got medical equipment. It's terrifying. Yeah. Nobody yeah. likes it. Yeah. It's like so and he's like got I medical think medical equipment. Yeah, and <laughs> the comedy fit. The comedy fits in with it too because it's like, how does this all start? Someone sneezed. When someone sneezes. When someone is sick in the Yozakura household, which is something I don't think that we have really seen up until now, I'm pretty sure that's the point of this chapter. But yeah, whenever someone's sick in the household, everything goes on lockdown and now becomes super try hard, like you know, doctor mode. Like we're not letting this shit spread. You're getting the you're getting the the, the drugs you need. Like we're we're doing this shit seriously, and it's like. It's just so good for his character. Yeah, yeah it's like, doctor, doctor, get yeah. in the news. I'm slowly walking towards you. <laughs> yeah, Jason, cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. 
Yeah, and I was I was uh, talking about it on Twitter too a little bit about how like any <clears throat> any sibling can be paired, you know, with any other, and there's always such a dope dialogue, you know, between them, and mm-hmm. there's always some you know amazing connecting theme between the two siblings that are interacting that just make the scene pop. You know what I mean? Like this is first eldest son talking to youngest son like that's so relatable for a lot of people and it just makes so much sense that this would be the kind of conversation that these two specific characters would be having with each other and it's just it's just so so good it fits so well it's so organic it's so brilliant in that way that of how gondaira does that with his character dynamics yeah mm-hmm. yeah um i don't know i feel like it's also like um super topical after like three years into a pandemic where everyone's just like hey you're sick okay we need to we need to take care of this and it's oh, like hey yeah. man let's relax let's relax it's like no 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 we got it yeah do it no, come on i, I never even thought about that there is like kind of you know like a really strong prescience to it in that way with with coronavirus and shit like that like it's it's super topical and yeah. like the now is just like nope we're gonna we're gonna fix this shit right now <laughs> no ifs ands or buts i yeah. like that like because, like, the Yozakura siblings are all mostly kids. Mm-hmm. I like that, like, they have that fear of needles and stuff. Yeah. And they're like, come on, you're spies, and you're afraid of just little checks. He's like, shut up, you don't have to do it. And he's like, no, no, I was just thinking to myself, I've done so much worse to myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Man. be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, I like how he bypassed his own siblings just because of his knowledge of them. Like... Mm. the the wall moment he's just yeah. like yo the hall sensors he's like he's like the walls are outside your range of sensors that's basic knowledge Xion. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and what did he oh, say so about good. shinzo did he say anything about shinzo i can't remember he's like oh yeah he's like the walls are outside your range of sensors that's basic knowledge Xion, and then your awareness of family is lax shinzo because it's like you're older like you should fucking be ready for you know everybody's strategies the way i am yeah you know what i mean like yeah that shit's great yeah Yeah, i love that also the fact that he's enhanced himself to the point where he's just like yeah i can just smack uh that like lightning bolt that you oh yeah i don't care backhands that shit yeah my cell since my cell layers are so thick your attack only tickles a little bit, and it's like... And then that yeah. smile, that goofy smile, yeah. <laughs> just zoomed in. I love when... Yeah. I love in stories where you have a character with, like, a fixed facial expression, either because they're wearing a helmet, bucket, or whatever this mm. is, or they're wearing, like, a legitimate, like, you know, Iron Man helmet or something, or whatever. I love when the illustrator is aware of that and, like, positions the character in ways to where it feels like you're seeing emotion from that mask when you're really not, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, a good example in the West for this is, like, Robot from Invincible, you know what I mean? Fucking... Yeah. Same face at all times, but the lighting, the 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 angle, the, the yeah, you know, but yeah, shit like that Love can that show delivery. you, you know, emotion in the mask or the helmet, which is which just always slaps. But, Robot has like so many like bitch please moments, like really yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, straight up. Fucking oh, uh, man. man, now I'm like thinking of like even more like examples. Uh, Genba in Elusive Samurai. Fucking, yes. Um. Uh, Mandalorian. Ooh, yeah, I haven't seen Mandalorian, but that's probably got a ton of those too. 
some of my friends have been telling me about that stuff. And they're just like, yeah, he seems so expressive despite mm-hmm. having no helmet, like a helmet on all the time. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting the way that like he really operates with having a helmet where he moves his entire body and not his head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just like shifts <laughs> wherever he's looking. Oh, I remember we talked about this a bunch when we were reviewing Chainsaw Man too, about like the range of emotion that Denji's chainsaw form face can yeah. like kind of have subtly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some cool shit, man. Oh yeah, like there's a part where like he just looks like he's roaring, and it's just like that looks tragic. Yeah. And oh, you're like, talking about Denji man- right now, right? Yeah, 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 Denji, where he's like roaring, and it's like, man, you managed to make him look tragic in this moment because the framing and like yeah. all this other stuff. That's amazing. Like, when he's fighting Aki too, I remember we had a conversation in the chapter where he fights Aki, and uh, and like just like a- after the conflict is like over and his like kind of his chainsaw form kind of melts away, like right before that, there's a couple panels of of him in chainsaw form just looking so sad almost you know what forlorn. i mean yeah, yeah forlorn yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah <sighs> i don't know man stuff. getting back to yozakura i don't know um i i love this chapter dude i love when we get these little breaks from the overarching narrative because like considering where we're at in the story uh the one-off like sibling focused chapters that focus on their more personal trauma and like anxiety are going to be better follow-ups to the main overarching narrative arcs you know what i mean that uh mm-hmm. that are getting more and more serious as time goes on you know what i mean like there's always going to be comedy and cutesy romance shit because that's just the kind of you know family that that they are and the kind of manga that this is but these more introspective one-offs that focus on siblings like personal struggles and how they overcome them with specific interactions between specific family members Mm-hmm. like it just feels much better for these newer in-between arcs because we're at a point where we know these characters well enough already we're past that initial characterization and development it's time for growth and progression inside yeah. of the characters and the best way to show that is by giving them storytelling like this later on in the story you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i mean also i like the little like um page 16 17 um i really like that the uh when he's taught, when Nanao's talking, he's like, even though it's my specialty, I'm powerless. It's the opposite Koichiro. Everyone coddles me because I'm the youngest. He doesn't make eye contact. And even the dialogue bubbles cover his eyes. And it's like, these are thoughts that he has to himself. Uh, and like, it's like, you know, it's masking who he is, right? As yeah. opposed to like the truth of it, where like when he's talking about, about like, we are the Yozakura siblings, we are each other's families in converse, superiority and inferiority doesn't matter. That's when you see Nanao's eyes and he's like, you know, hey, this is the truth of it. Here's what's really important, not mm. this stuff that you're putting on yourself, putting Ooh. over yourself, literally. No, that's really um, cool, man. The dialogue bubbles covering his eyes while he's talking about his anxiety and then and his self-doubt and then mm-hmm. just being able to see his eyes once he has that you know um conversation or that that specific back and forth with with kiyochiro where he addresses that and goes you don't need to worry about those things you are great you've done a lot already now the dialogue bubbles are not covering his face anymore because it's just yeah. him now and he's like coming to terms with that that's really cool mm-hmm. analysis I, I, I like i like the little little subtle touches when yeah, it comes to like that. visual story storytelling yeah like, you're always I really, really good enjoy on those. Yeah, yeah um and i like that he's just like it's like aren't you contradictory it's like there's nothing contradictory i'm the oldest son that's still contradictory and it's just like um and does it last... no is it i was wondering what he meant by contradictory it's because of how he is with mutsumi right 
Um, I was saying that he's like, birth order doesn't matter, and then he immediately says, I'm saying this as the, as the oldest brother, so that means it's the truth. And is like, isn't that yeah. in itself contradictory? contradictory. He's like, no, 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 it's oh, not contradictory. Oh. Obviously, I'm right. And yeah. after immediately, I was like, young, old, doesn't matter. I'm right. I'm telling the truth because I'm the oldest. Yeah, like, okay. Motherfucker, you're just, you're just yeah. saying shit, whatever you, whatever you want to say, don't you? And he's yeah. like, maybe. <laughs> Okay, I was like, I totally didn't get that at first, but now I do, so thank you. Yeah, I thought it was cute, very cheeky. Um, On, like, page 21, the, like, super bitter medicine is probably the most, like, accurately Asian thing I've ever seen. Um, (laughs) Because when I was 19, I caught dysentery and mono at the same time. Oregon trailed myself. Oregon trail, I was about to say. I, I I was in the hospital for like a couple months. Oh my um, god, dude. But they had me eat so much garbage herbal medicine. Like they had like a bunch of herbs pounded into like a like a thick paste and it was in a plastic bag and you unzipped it and you dumped boiling water into it, shook it all up to make it like dissolved and drink it all. And it was always like the most vile <laughs> shit I'd ever had. Jesus. <laughs> but like like Chinese medicine is like their preventative medicine is so good. Like, I've been taking like this like jade windscreen like bitter medicine like every day for like last two three years, and Shit. I still haven't had COVID. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. And like, I'm I'm around people like yeah. I I am around people at my workplace that are like yeah. you know or like they're like oh yeah I was exposed over the holidays or like oh this and that and I'm like. I had lunch with a guy who told me he positive, tested positive like the next day, and I was like, "All right, well, I'll just hang out and get tested." He's like, "Negative still," and I'm like, "Cool." Breathing oh, right in my face. Oh, the immune how? system like, is yeah. fire. Yeah. So like, I just think it's really interesting on that yeah. point, like, oh, yeah. um, especially like the herbal medicine because it is so fucking bitter. Yeah. And Kyoto's like, "I don't want nothing to do with that," and they're like, <laughs> and "He's like, pin him down." <laughs> We got stabbed in the neck, okay? Yeah. We had to run from Nanao. We were fighting for our lives. Yeah, and you could just hear him us. screaming in the background, like, yeah! you know, like that's that, uh, <laughs> that that one background scream that's like always used in like SpongeBob and shit. The Wilhelm scream? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know what it's from or whatever, but yeah, everybody knows what scream I'm talking about. <laughs> My leg! Yeah, time. <laughs> My leg! It's when he's fall- it's like when he's falling down the giant like elevator tunnel. It's just like ah! yeah, it's like it like it, like it's like literally like the onomatopoeia or not the like the the dialogue the the specific lettering for it just like the G into the Y into the A yeah like I could just hear it like <laughs> yeah type shit but yeah that's all uh, that's all I had for Yozakura man I don't know great right. now in Kyoichiro chapter bro like yeah yeah i was waiting for this interaction and i didn't even know it you know what i mean like it was it was right on time i feel like for both characters it like, was very in, in character um especially with like kengo's like overly laissez-faire attitude being his own undoing mm-hmm. straight up and it's just like ah oh, that's that's nice i like that like i love this family it's it's a very short, sweet chapter. Mm-hmm. Just uh, adorable. Hell yeah. Despite being based off a horror movie. Right. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, I think that, that does it for uh, chapter 113 of Mission Yozakura Family. Hell yeah. 
Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and move right into chapter 171 of Jujutsu Kashin. Yeah. Tokyo number one colony part 11. So and this good. chapter was a fucking slapper. <laughs> For literally everything that Jujutsu Kaisen does well, I feel like is in this chapter and is firing on all cylinders. For real. That us. No giant skeleton, but still really satisfying fight. This right. was so, so much fun. Yeah, we didn't so see what was. Yeah, we, we we're not we're not really getting that in play yet, which is like really interesting because it's like why put that as like a visual thing if you're not going to do anything with it? And I'm not saying that Gege is not going to do anything with it. They just didn't do anything with it right away. I still feel like it's going to be. A it's factor. not complete. Yeah, well, I just still feel like it's going to be a factor in this fight regardless. So that and and if not, then. It's like, man, what a tease. It's like, when are we going to get that? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. also, like, I, I mean, was what if it's at... like. Go ahead. Oh, I was looking at the art and what, like, on page one, where the nerve endings are, like, spreading. And then on page two, you see, like, the energy of, like, that thing, like, arcing out yeah, yeah, towards yeah. everywhere. Um, so I was wondering if it was, like, that was, like, representative of him right and the nerves are connecting to the building right and that's why it's all him all oh, his shadow. that's what creates like the pseudo bubble effect of mm -hmm. the domain yeah is, is these and the nerves to even dovetail off that a little bit yeah what if that bone structure thing ends up being like his brain stem basically and the chimera <laughs> shadow garden like the domain is actually basically you're within his mind hey yeah and that's I mean, why he can control fucking shit going on the shadows in there he can pop up anywhere he wants he can make clones bro he can do whatever the fuck that's actually think, pretty cool I, to think about i think life. that's actually more accurate because like i like that he creates like a brainstem out of his own cursed energy the nerves you know expand and like connect the space with that and then like every shadow puppet creature that he summons is part of his imagination yeah right because it's like you know um shadow puppetry literally is about imagination and like stuff like that so i don't know um <clears throat> yeah i liked that like reggie was still super confident and like using like the esoteric technique hollow wicker basket which is like the proto simple domain yeah this is what makes me like i think i'm a little bit more on board that reggie is you know an old sorcerer, an old sorcerer now just just off of that one narration box like this is the original form of the new shadow style simple domain and it's like mm -hmm. okay well yeah that's that's pretty much seals it for me right now you know what i yeah. mean it's like why would he have access to this unless you know he specifically comes from the clan that you know created the technique or or whatever yeah. mm -hmm. he could still be a modern sorcerer but like this just makes me feel really strongly that he's an old school sorcerer at least in, at this point mm -hmm. i mean, I not mean even he could be you know because i'm sure receipts in in a rudimentary form at least have existed for a long time like mm. People would at least record like, okay, this person bought this item for this much. Yeah, I wonder so, how far back receipts go in history. That's yeah. a good question. Simple, simple Google search will tell us. True. Um, <laughs> actually, so there's a guy named uh, Ian Nasir okay. um, from Dilmun, and he uh, traveled through like, um, like Mesopotamia, and he was basically from the 18th century before Ooh. Christ. 
Okay. Um, and they have receipts about him selling poor copper and ripping people off. And apparently some guy collected all of the bad complaints on the stone tablets about Ia Nasir. And that's yeah. the only reason we know this guy. And let's be honest, it was probably that guy who was just like, yeah, I ripped off all these people, my little trophies. Yeah. That's like so where it, the curse that, comms from originally for the time. I mean, back to around 7500 BC, the first receipts of transaction came in the form of balls of clay to represent the com completion of trade. These were usually related to the exchange of livestock or occasionally mm -hmm. beer. So, yeah. I, he could be an ancient sorcerer. Yeah, even with yeah. a technique like this. It's really just his dialogue. Although, kind of, um, you, know, you know, his dialogue. Tearing around a bunch of balls of clay would be a little a little more cumbersome than, yeah, yeah, than, than a, a dress. Maybe yeah, that's why he invented receipts. this. Uh, maybe that's why he invented and got used to this kind of armor of receipts aesthetic because... You could have clay armor. Maybe he's got a bunch of clay slats. Bop, 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 armor. Yeah, yeah. And that's why uh, he kind of got used to the, the, the receipt armor vibe. Yeah. I really do like, like, the receipt armor because it reminds me of, like, that traditional grass cloak that is, like, very evocative <clears throat> of older times. And even though he has, like, you know, kind of, like, the weird facial hair and, like, the tattoo that says indomitable and stuff, um, which kind of implies, like, a more modern sense. Yeah. Um, the long hair is like an old thing so like um in like native american tradition they view that like long hair is um a conduit for like connected spirituality and like sensitivity and awareness yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um back in like oh what was it world war one or world war two one of the two things they had native american um trackers and scouts who were like some of the best of the best and when the military shaved their heads because military wants you all to be alike mm -hmm. they suddenly had like abysmal results oh wow <laughs> like their effectivity like dropped down drastically and they changed policy i think because of that they're just like we fucked up somehow we don't yeah. know what we did but we, we know did. that after we did this yeah. it got fucked yeah so let's let's maintain this yeah, all the advantages we're doing. Um, I, I like the idea of Reggie being an, an old school sorcerer. The only thing mm -hmm. that that really just kind of sets that back for me is his is his dialogue just feels really modern. And and on top mm -hmm. of that, he seems to be like really familiar with modern technology. Like he he spawns the fucking you know he spawns the, yeah he spawns the, <laughs> the fucking best. yeah the the moped and just hops on that bitch confident as hell as he's riding through and it's like that can be explained inside of the technique too it's like whether you're familiar with the appliance or or the item or not the technique just gives you all the information that you need in order to use it effectively like that could totally be a thing um, too but well, still he did direct his daggers to fly so he might just like be able to like direct the vespa and he's like mm. drive where i point you that's yeah. that's all i want you to do yeah. just drive where i point you boom it's simple command and i just and have to just hop like, hitch a ride on it yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, if I can ride a horse, I can ride a Vespa. Let's go. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, um, I, it's hard because like the word esoteric literally means um, intended to be understood by I only a small number people. of people yeah. with specialized knowledge. Yeah. And I was like, all right, all right. But like, that's a lot of jujitsu stuff in general. Right. So like... It's just like, all right, cool, cool, cool. I get it, I get the it. The name fits, um, like, inside of, like, Simple Domain specifically because it's, like, we see, like, pretty much every, you know, like, all of these different jujitsu techniques and, and we'll even see domains and whatnot sometimes, but, like, Simple Domains is, like, 
esoteric even further than that inside of jujutsu sorcery i want to say like we've only seen simple domains what like three times we got naobitos mm -hmm. we got miwas we got ui uis and then mm -hmm. now we have this one so this will be the fourth simple domain which i guess makes it you know a little bit more common than i originally had thought but like still like i feel like this might even be like a meta um, a, like a meta thing about like how difficult the 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 power system in general just is for like a lot of people you know what i mean to like kind of like grasp right away like a lot of people yeah myself included have like needed rereads of jujitsu kaisen to really understand what's going on a lot of the time which isn't an inherently negative thing it just seeing the word esoteric connected to a yeah. simple domain just like feels meta to me on behalf of like gege but i think it's really interesting because it does like um it implies a sorcery meta, right? Like, mm. when it comes to video games, you talk about, like, okay, these characters, these builds, like, in, like, Smite or these Dota builds. or League of Legends, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, these items, these builds, these runes, they're going to be very effective at these kind of things. We build these things to counter that, mm -hmm. right? If you have a lifesteal deck, then we have a life, then we have a heal cut response, right? right? So, like, I like that Simple Domain and Hollow Wicker Basket are, are things to negate the surefire techniques of domains because if that didn't if it's it's like um it just makes sense right like right. if you have era if, if you have um a gun a bulletproof vest is the the like immediate the thing counter, if you yeah. if you have someone throwing rocks at you you have a shield mm -hmm. you have you know if someone's going to shoot a slash at you well then you have armor like it right. just makes but sense. none of those things are all encompassing counters and defenses against every kind mm -hmm. of strategy because it's like if you have the you know bulletproof vest when i try to shoot you with a gun then I'll just stab you in the neck with a knife. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. cover everything. You exactly. Know? I like yeah. that though. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. And it's really exemplified in this fight because he's like, yeah, huh. I've out, I've, I've been two steps ahead of you this entire time. No surefire hits. And he's like, I'm not going to do a surefire hit, but I'm sure going to hit you. <laughs> like... Yeah, no, I love, I love <laughs> that we're getting confirmation on a couple of things that we were talking about last review inside of domain mechanics and more specifically, incomplete domain mechanics because we were asking questions last review like okay so he's kind of mimicked the bubble effect of domains by coming into this like stadium or this gymnasium or wherever the fuck he is so we've got like you know a like a a pretty much complete domain but it's not actually complete so what does that mean for things like sure hit does megumi even have a sure hit does and would he have a sure hit just because this like pseudo bubble completion is active right now is he going to be able to um nullify the effects of enemy jujutsu techniques the way that domains normally do when they have a bubble you know what i mean and we're getting the answer to those questions in here reggie is still able to use his technique inside of this domain even though it is technically complete so we're getting a lot more information on what this kind of situation means for a character like Megumi or any other character inside of Jujutsu Kaisen that we could eventually meet that also has an incomplete domain and the variables and just different branches that we have inside of the strategy because of things like incompletion versus completion is just like makes the combat and just the the events so much more interesting because it's like we know a lot but there's a lot more that we don't know and that we want to know now because of mm -hmm. this situation so 
it's just really cool someone said it um in the comments section of the chapter and i like copied their their message and put it into my notes because it was literally just like word for word bar for bar how i felt after i read the chapters from ebon sean is the commenter and his quote is i positively love the way that akutami has the cause and effect relationships of this combat magic system so very clearly mapped out it makes it so realistic and organic when new possibilities are explored via subverting the pre-established conditions in ways the reader wouldn't think of beforehand and i read that shit and i was like yo that's how i felt but you said it like so much better than i than i could have put it together so i had to shout out Ebon Sean in this review for that comment yeah. and I usually don't nice. spend a whole lot of time in comment sections for new chapters because I don't want to feel like my analysis is like influenced by something someone said but like I saw a comment when I was glancing through that like triggered me about someone complaining about how convoluted the the combat mechanics and the system inside of Jujutsu Kaisen is and how like I don't remember exactly what they said but I just remember just being it like it felt wrong. Yeah, it just felt so so <laughs> wrong like, and I don't like, agree with you at all. And, <laughs> yeah, and like convoluted with like the connotation that that user kind of had on it. It's like no, like more complicated than shonen power and and combat usually is. Like sure, but like that's not really Jujutsu Kaisen's fault. You yeah. know what I mean? Like not having the full picture your first read doesn't equal convoluted at least not in yeah. the way that that this person was kind of trying to go about it like gege caring enough about power in their series to make sure that the events are all logically and technically consistent you know and feel good to the people that have been paying attention is not a bad thing you know what i mean like just go fucking read it again you know what i'm yeah. saying like i mean it's hard to say like a series is convoluted or like an ability system is convoluted when like nen exists and like at yeah. the same time, I remember reading Bleach when Sosuke Aizen had his, like, turn. Spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but, like, that to me, I was like, like, anything that involves Sosuke Aizen always, to me, felt so convoluted. I was like, I... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like you're pulling a fast one on. <laughs> yeah, like, wait a time. minute. Yeah. Wait but like Jujutsu Kaisen, like no, like it doesn't. And I feel like it. I feel like one of the 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 factors of that is just could be potentially. This is just like off the top of my head. But like it's it's viewed kind of um, on the surface as like a more meat heady kind of series, right? Because the mm -hmm. action is so you know well high done octane. and so high priority inside of the creators. Um, inside of the creator's uh, motives for the series, right? Because it's like, it's like when you when you break Jujutsu Kaisen down, it's like, what are the things that stand out to you? The fucking action choreography is one of those first things, right? And it's like, so when you have that translated so well into the anime as well, you get this, could potentially get this idea that Jujutsu Kaisen is a meathead series. But while it's being that way, you know, like while it's focusing, focusing on the action, the action is so in your face and high octane and well executed, like you could very easily miss a lot of the subtle, deep character and power system writing in between because you're so, you know, focused on how crazy the action choreography is. So then when it does get to a point to where you need to understand the power system to a certain degree to un even understand the action that you're looking at, I can see how people who really haven't been paying as much attention as they should up until this point where the, the technicalities and the mechanics are so apparent in what's happening in the action, you'd go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This is con convoluted. This feels contrived. This feel you know, you know, have all these negative things to say about it because you just weren't the kind of reader that the creator, you know, was, you know, 
kind of catering to at that moment because you just didn't understand what kind of series it was entirely. That's like super ranty yeah. and like, you know, like super specific, but like that's just the vibe that I get from complaints like those, you know, so. That's fair. Um, I think we fielded some complaints about like the Choso fight in the Shibuya arc and they're mm -hmm. like, how come he's not slowing down after he used all that blood? And it's like, they did state that he is a cursed creature and doesn't actually die of blood loss. Problem solved. Sorry. It's... It's just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But getting into the action and choreography of oh this, this shit is fucking yeah. insane because he, he goes into the hollow wicker basket and was like, I'm in a domain. Domains have sure hit techniques. He's not, um, you know, considering the possibility that Megumi's domain is going to behave differently than the ones that he's heard about or the ones that he's experienced himself because it is complete, but because it doesn't feel incomplete. You know what I mean? Because he's in this stadium. All of his, you know, exits are kind of blocked, so to speak. He's in the, the heart of the domain dealing with its effects, you know. So he's like, okay, it must behave, you know, like the way that I'm used to. So he goes into the hollow wicker basket and then, you know, Megumi is just using techniques inside of the domain that aren't actually sure hit. So that's why he's like so surprised when the frog tongues come and grab his fucking ankles <laughs> because yeah. he's like, wait a minute, no, nah, I'm supposed to be blocking this. And then we get this information about, you know, domain amplification and the flashback to when Jogo and Hanami were 2v1ing um, Gojo and how that whole kind of thing, you know, came about or whatever and how that's going into what Megumi is doing um, to a certain degree because now he's has the proper thought process on what's happening to him because he's thinking about all of the things that can happen inside of barrier techniques according to his knowledge and according to his experience and he's like, okay, I think I'm, I think I understand what's going on here but it's still too late because the clones come out and do, 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 start whooping his fucking ass. <laughs> he can't move. Got your legs. Yeah. Do, do. I haven't seen a beat down that brutal since like nanami and mm. uh yuji against uh, right like, bro get his ass the get clone ass. fucking comes up and grabs his ankle and swings him towards fucking <laughs> the, uh, the other megumi who's readying like the barry bonds home run hit with the fucking he's got, sword he, he's like, aiming for the leg yeah oh he's oh. like i'm gonna kneecap you man i'm just gonna go right to the kneecap i Ooh. thought he was like about to literally just slice this motherfucker in twain with this uh, that was a, that was the that was the i think that was a baseball bat legit for real. oh wow yeah I mean, he's got that little sword he's got that cur like blunt cursed sword oh okay okay he's got that one cursed tool and so you know that's the real megumi yeah but like i just love that where he's just like i got his leg and he's like i'm gonna chop it off let's go <laughs> just like reggie's fighting for his life i love it yeah um and i like the way that each person like megumi's smart enough to like i love that both characters do the smart thing right like they react and do what is logically the smartest possible move each time but at the same time they're still framing things in a way that they're like okay i don't know how many cards this guy is gonna pull i don't know what's in his hand i know what i have i'm still gonna dole out small amounts of stuff and reggie figures it out pretty quickly he's like hey man like why didn't you have like a bunch of tools and everything like my ability lets me pull stuff out of thin air you can too but like how come you don't because if you can you would right and i love that little observation and like the application of weight because i think it's really cool because it explains simple domain it explains domain expansion 
And we also got like a huge more part of the exposition in that moment where he dumps the trucks. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, I figured out the secret to your shadow technique. You literally carry weight in your shadow. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, oh. Right. Oh. And which is a great caveat for, <clears throat> you know, something like this, because this is really his domain is really strong. Not only is he getting like the environmental stat buff from just being inside of his domain, in shadow, but yeah. he has access to like way more techniques at the same time or in succession while he's inside of the domain. So and domains are supposed to be like the cheat code, you know, like I win technique, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In general. So like they're already naturally broken, but like just seeing the things that Megumi is able to do with an incomplete domain just seems like so much like there's so much more to it than other domains that we've seen besides maybe Gojo's. You know what I mean? So having a caveat like that be introduced to kind of offset the overpowered nature of specifically Megumi's domain, and also just re-establish the stakes of what's going on inside of this conflict just felt really good inside of this chapter because it's like now we have more of a reason to worry because there is a weakness that can be exploited by the enemy. So now the tables have almost kind of turned a little bit in, in favor of Reggie. But then, of course, you know, we have Megumi's, you know, final, final page kind of... Uh, uh, strategy here with just dropping Max Elephant on top of him and being like, "All right, who can hold more weight, me or you?" From pound, just yeah. just the slap. Yeah. I love that because he's like, you know yeah. what? I got really pissed off when you threw a truck at me. I'm gonna drop an elephant on right. You. Yeah, type shit. <laughs> it just goes back into what you know that Ebon Sean guy you know was talking about in his comment about cause and effect and and how Gege plays with it inside of the the energy system. And mm -hmm. I just couldn't agree more with that. He literally took the words right out of my mouth for this chapter. I love that Megumi tactically chose like even when Nue. Because he was like, oh, I need to send Nue to go get after those receipts. He sends it from the ground instead of from the ceiling, so that. In case it doesn't get there in time, he doesn't lose that element of surprise. Like the frogs come out of the ground, mm -hmm. the the new way, the flying guy, even though it had to travel more distance, it came from out from the ground. And I love that kind of like, hey, focus on the ground, focus on the ground, yeah. focus on the logic, the common it, sense it, logic of yeah. like shadows are on the ground. Yeah. It reminds me of that episode. Yes, shadows are on the ground, so that's like the logical route that most people would take as far as his manifestation. But what you were saying just a moment ago about like, look over here, you know, while I get something ready over here, you know what I mean? Uh, it reminded me of uh, Jackie Chan Adventures because we've been kind of bringing that up in our in our in our episodes a lot recently. I remember an episode where the grandpa's we'll whooping. Wait, I need yeah, yeah, yeah. The grandpa's like yeah. whooping up some like ninjas or whatever or whoever the the enemies are, and he's just beating their ass like with straight hands. And then he gets to the last one, and he's like trying to attack grandpa's hands or something like that but then grandpa kicks the fucking shit out of him and he was like you were so worried about my hands but should have been watching the foot you know what i mean or whatever and i was just yeah. like <laughs> i just remembered oh. that episode of like damn nostalgia wave yeah yeah it reminds me of like anytime they do that i always think of the phrase kansas city shuffle yeah lucky, lucky number, number 11 like my favorite movie, movie ever oh my god dude mm, yeah bringing back morgan freeman for another Yo. episode Oh, hmm. Have you heard of a creature called the Shmoo? Morgan Freeman, fucking Ben Kingsley, Bruce Willis, Josh ah, Hartnett, so Lucy good. Liu. There's so much star power in that movie. And God it's like one of the best fucking stories ever in a movie for me. If you haven't seen Lucky Number Slevin, 
go watch that shit. It's a great top uh, five at that. least. Top five at least. Murder yeah. comedy. Yeah, amazing. But yeah, bro, fucking Jujutsu's crazy. I wonder how this is gonna go, right? Because it's like, okay, hold on, because we have numbers on the weight here, right? Megumi's also carrying the weight of the cars as well as the elephant, right? Um, um I don't know if he. I don't know if his um if his shikigami count towards that weight. That was a question that I wanted to ask you guys. Like, do you think that he is? I I doubt that he would put himself in a situation where he's already kind of being crushed by the weight of the cars and everything else involved. That he would add another seven to ten pounds of that on himself especially when reggie's not already experiencing any kind of like weight related yeah. detriment the same way that he is so i doubt that his shikigami add to that but still we have like an idea of how much weight he's taking here because he's like your current weight is approximately 2.4 tons so that's what he's megumi taking right time. now and which is massive but then fucking megumi drops max elephant and we don't know how much that thing weighs but we can assume that it's relatively close to like real world elephant which is what like fucking somewhere between like five and ten pounds uh, so that okay so an asian elephant is eight thousand almost nine thousand pounds and an african, african bush elephant is thirteen thousand pounds yikes yeah so um so i'm thinking we can pretty safely assume it's probably an asian elephant sure. sized thing sure. yeah you know? but still yeah, yeah. that's that's a lot of that's a lot of weight right so um, like even though megumi is kind of dealing with all of this weight like the weight isn't um i wonder how that feels for him right like is it like a weight that he feels like on his like soul like internally or is it like a physical weight that he can feel on his shoulders and his head and his back you know what i mean like because the way that he's not feeling the, the weight the same way reggie is i promise you like he literally yeah. just dropped an entire elephant on the top of him so he's got to deal with that in a more relatable way and megumi even though he's holding up a lot of weight too it's probably not the same kind of pressure i wonder or, or, if you know on him. dispersing it because like two right, tons would shit. squish me like a bug right right two tons would squish me like a bug and then um i feel like he's somehow dispersing the weight through his curse technique sure. and so like it's probably the weight of it is like eating up his um ability to maintain his spell right like it's like probably burning up his reserves just weighing down on him he's just like i gotta exert more energy to maintain my spell because this is happening i don't know i feel like it has to be accounted for but I, he's not outright crushed with 2.3 tons so like i feel like it's different um i yeah. think that like the weight and mass of max elephant exists but for the like surf frames of video game purposes like fallout it doesn't count towards your weight limit mm. it doesn't count towards your over encumbrance because to you it is a shadow conjured out of your energy oh sure yeah. But to Reggie, it's like an actual element. It's a whole 8.8 <laughs> Another good example would be yeah. like, I guess, the bound weapons in Skyrim, if you've ever played that. Elder I haven't Scrolls. Done Skyrim, no. Uh, there's a casting spell that allows you to conjure weapons, and it's not like you're carrying the weight of those weapons, mm -hmm. but you can still conjure them at any point in time. You know? Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like how bottle caps and gold isn't counted as weight. Yeah. Unless you're doing like hardcore survival mode and stuff, like exactly. ammo doesn't cost weight, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that's the way I view it. Um, just immaculate choreography in this fight. Um, yeah. Gumi is just getting harder and harder, and like uh, 
the part where he goes a little like he always goes out like pops off and gets a little unhinged he just becomes more and more like toji he's yeah, just becoming that. more and more of a fighting beast 18 yeah mm -hmm. looks like a fucking demon with he that grin that like smile toji. yeah it's <laughs> like a fucking maniac yeah oh <laughs> yeah dude so cool. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's about all I have for Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, I'm good too. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter 225 of Doctor Stone. Stony. Stony. <laughs> Dokingu. 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 Ah, uh, oh, hell yeah. So this was good. a very tense chapter. Yeah, I wasn't expecting uh, there to be tensions like this on the way there. I don't know why. It makes, it makes so much sense. It makes be, all the yeah. sense in the world that they would have complications after launch. Just uh, to kind of mm -hmm. fill in the gap of yeah. it, you know, buff a couple chapters out so that, yeah. you know, when we get to the moon, Boichi and, and, and uh, Richiro and Agaki are really about to turn pop. up. Turn up the butt clench to unheard of levels. So you need a little, you need a little clench in the meantime. I love that. Man, I think it's crazy because like it. Oh, guys, did you ever see? I know we reference a lot of movies in here, but I think you know media is fluid and transparent. Everything references everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Martian with uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Right? No, yeah. I have. I tried to start that. I tried to start that shit like three times, and I've always fallen. I have asleep. seen that one. I haven't seen the whole thing like, either, but like he the like concept in and of itself. that little base on Mars and stuff. Yeah. So wait, yeah. what? What's what's the reference? My bad. Or what's the uh, what's the, um, the link? So like the idea is like in space, anything can go wrong. It's a very delicate system, and uh, you have to improvise. And like the smallest malfunction can like ruin your life yeah. getting up there is the hard part but also making sure that everything was built right the first time without any human error without any technical error yeah. you know there's so many moving parts in it and like the perilous like outer space survival series is straight up scarcity horror mm. right the idea that like the scarcity of things break yes yeah. but they can't yeah. We only have so many parts. We don't have any yeah. spares. The oxygen we have is limited. The water we have is limited. Yeah. Um, and the there way could be some have... things that break that you don't have the equipment to fix while you're up there, which is like Do something we have that supplies to repair? Too. Yeah. We don't have the tools to repair this stuff. Let's go. Like, um, like I think that's huge. Like yeah. this, like this could have taken a massive horror turn where they're like, you know. We're still, we're thirsty. It's been like day three. Yeah. We're finally getting things on lock. Um, but like our combat ability is severely impaired by the time we face whatever's on Y-Man's moon base. Right, because Just of the like, stress of the of the, the trip. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, big butt clench right away on uh, page two and three when they realize that they cannot hear the incoming radio signal from yeah. the ground. That would be terrifying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Isolation, man. They're saying, yeah, isolation. At least, and, and you don't know that they can still hear you. Yeah. Even. Right, because, exactly. Like, they can't communicate that. But you, so I, I feel like you would, I feel like an astronaut would still operate under the assumption that they could just in case. But that mm -hmm. would still just be like so fucking scary. Oh my God. And then to go yes. into the panel of them just floating, like right after that realization is had, just like adds to yeah 
adds to the fucking tension like adds to the heart bit or the mm-hmm. heartbeat skips yeah <laughs> i love sci-fi but like to me being in outer space would probably be the scariest shit ever yeah yeah for sure man it's just like so final it's so like you just have so many less answers to anything mm-hmm. you know that can go wrong kind of like we've been talking about the whole time basically this review but yeah but yeah there's just this, so many this things situation with yo's hair is like oh my god i was like fuck dude i'm so confused about this because like it's separated from him how is it yeah. still like being petrified um, it, it's Cause still because it's still organic and from you know the a species that is targeted with the medusa right like yeah, i, I want to like assume dead, though. right sure it is dead it is dead but so all here is dead. the Medusa even petrify like a dead <laughs> But like, yeah, we know that it can because of the last arc. True. But I thought that was like within a certain time proximity. You this is probably to... within that time oh, proximity. Oh man, that's really True. weird. So that means um, if people died within like a week or a month of being petrified would that like bring their body back to like a more pristine physical state or That's... would it merely just undo the de- rotten decay that occurred within that week oh sure yeah, yeah. i was gonna say like that's like the big question ever since the the last arc because we knew for a fact that yoga was absolutely dead by the time that he got yeah. petrified but like the amount of time wasn't that long so you would just instantly have to start asking like well how long how long can, How they, long be can dead? they be dead? Yeah, What's yeah, yeah. their figurative expiration date? Yeah. Where they're just like, you are dead dead, and yeah. you've rotted too much. It can undo enough to make your corpse pretty, but like, yeah. what is that? Um, plus, like, the actual hair stuff, um, most of it's, like, your nails and stuff, it's dead cells already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, at the same time, they can trace stuff like stuff in your hair like people can like isolate vitamins that you have or like they use it for drug tests which last like two months so like you know you can find stuff in your hair and be able to chemically track it within two months so maybe it's a hair from two months ago or like a month and a half ago and it's still recognizable as like something that the medusa can affect right yeah Hmm. Hard to say, um, yeah. but like they don't have like a specific date. There's no calendar on the wall in the background, so it's like, eh, you know, probably yeah. re- recent enough. Um, yeah, that 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 made sense to me. Like, I definitely did think about it for a second, and then it was like, that tracks. Like, literally, the the conversation we had was the conversation I had with myself in my mind when I read the chapter. Yeah, yeah, I said all the things you did. Like, wait, it's like <laughs> separate and dead, and I was like, oh wait, but. You can bring dead people back, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um... But yeah, dude. But yeah, basically sends the whole electrical situation in their uh, part of the spaceship off. And, uh... But they can't like, continue the docking. They're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck are we gonna do? I mean, they could, but they're totally blind. Right. You know? Um, and then the guy comes up. Yeah, how do we feel about Ryusui being... A, what, they said it was like a stowaway or something? No, not a stowaway. He, he, I think, did this totally on purpose. 
Okay. You know, like... So he was originally just going to surprise them with him coming, because he definitely had a space suit made for him secretly, right? Maybe he did stow away, but I don't know. I, I guess I figured, like, he, since... You know, on page 14, he's, like, at the console, like, knowing he's got to steer the shit into there, you know. Um, like, he basically kind of takes control of the docking situation, you know. Right. So yeah. I figure his captain's instinct just kind of somehow let him know, like, oh, they're in trouble up there. They might not, you know. I feel like Zeno But, like, launching anything know. is, like, a whole yeah. thing. Like, there's... A whole production. Yeah, like, it's, it's like, like, you can't just... You can't just secretly jump in a, you know, in a pod and press a button and zoom, zoom up without anybody same, really knowing. The same on a Krypton, like, yeah. uh, uh, no. I mean, I think that Zeno would have known. And Zeno I knows. Like, everybody down there have. knows. Everyone down there knows, like, what's Except going on. Except for Well, maybe, maybe not everybody, Gin. but, like, a lot of people um, know what's happening right now. Because someone had to make him the fucking spacesuit. Mm -hmm. And then they had He's to not launch in a space suit. But you did, oh. He's dressed like Captain Harlock. So what? He, oh, yeah, dude, he Captain. does look like Harlock. Dude, that's what I was focused but no, on. Okay. Like, so if he doesn't have 12, a suit, 13? he's going to stay. Like, oh, he, he does look like Harlock. He does. But no, I didn't notice that at first. But like, that's totally the uh, Harlock vibes right now. But um, but no, so if he doesn't have a space suit, so then he's just going to stay in the whip. I think they're going to petrify him. Well, sure, that has to happen too. Yeah. I would say, I would say eventually, but I'm talking about like once they oxygen, once they get on the moon, he's not going to join them. Like on the moon, he's gonna have to stay on the fucking on the yeah, ship. Yeah, he's the getaway driver. I think he's gonna stay on the ship. Sure, okay. Because he doesn't have the suit. Like it wouldn't make sense for him to. They're like, hey, this was a, there was a second idea. We weren't sure if we were gonna implement it, but like Zeno's like, I have some, I have some intuition. I want to send you. We didn't have enough supplies for a spaceship, but here's a small Medusa. Here's some things. We have these materials. We can get you up there and do the part that you are meant to do. But, like, Stanley needs to do the combat stuff. We don't have the materials to, like, last minute make you a suit or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's, that was kind of the whole conversation for them off screen. Yeah. It's really not conducive to, like, unpetrify somebody in this spaceship anyway. This is just random, but, like... Now you got little bits of tiny little pieces of stone floating around everywhere in this zero gravity situation is potentially getting into places where Oh they... yeah. Oh, Filtration sure. system, tear that up. Uh any like sensitive like membrane type things or like foam filters or anything yeah, like that. Even, Just I shred didn't it all think up. About that. But they have oh, to, yeah. right? Um, I think it might I wonder what do you do to even like deal with that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. that would be. I think that's gonna be tension for sure. That we're gonna have to like revisit, like maybe a couple chapters later. And they're like, "Hey, we're leaving," and they're like, "Oh and wait, now our air filter is like fucked up because of the the stone fragments. Now we have to do this other improvisational thing to like return to Earth safely without running out of air." Nah, yeah. be, nah, because because they're in the space suits, and then they're petrified. And then their uh, their revival fluid, you know, technique or whatever has to be mm -hmm. happening inside of the suit. So then all of the fragments just stay in the suit. And then you take it off and you're just careful. The to first time, though, they weren't in the suits, I don't think. Oh, 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 oh. They, I mean, yeah. It's, but they like... walked out in the suits, you know what I mean? I remember them wearing it getting onto the... Hold on, let me go back to the last chapter. 
True. No, because they did that little like spacewalk thing that yeah. they Apollo 13 movie yeah. kind of thing. They did, like they did, yeah. Um, you know, they had the uniform strut. Uh, yeah, nah, they were definitely petrified in the suits because Senku, we have a panel of him literally getting out of it as he wakes up last chapter. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so yeah, so they don't have to, yeah. I, I knew, I was like, There's, they have to have accounted for that. All contained somehow, within the suits. Yeah, all contained within the suits. Good shit. Rishui has some, like, great levity. Like, I think that he naturally is, like, by being so gregarious, like, really kind of returned that tension back to, like, relief. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It withstood exit velocity. I'm trying casually. to. Yeah, I'm trying to um to like look at the reactions of people after the reuse we reveal, and like yeah, you Zeno's could, just smiling. You could tell that they well just in their dialogue, like it feels like they already knew he was he was going. Like yeah, they all knew this shit. Yeah. They're I all don't know. I... All, the, all the all the side characters on page thirteen side panel on the double spread. Oh, yep, yep. And Zeno is smiling, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the next page, it's like Sai is just like speaking casually as if he's not surprised that he's up there. Um, like, no one seems like, what? When did, how did he? When did he? You know, like, every, it just Those seems are like his it. first words in space. Yeah. He never changes. Yeah. <laughs> Francois just being like, ah, yes. Yes, my guy, uh, his dream, his being fulfilled. Man, I feel like, man, does this take away from the choice? Well, like, yeah, like, because, like, those were, like, that was an amazing chapter for Ryusui when he came to terms with the fact that Stanley had to go and not him. You know what I mean? Like, that was, like, a big thing in the in the story, at least, you know, for me and obviously for Ryusui and everybody. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that was, like, a massive character chapter, a stronger one. And the, their character writing is always great in Dr. Stone, no matter what, but that was a really potent one. You know what I mean? And then, like, what, how many chapters later, he's, like out here anyway and it like makes sense and i'm sure that they have like a, a plan for it or whatever but just mm -hmm. at first it was like so jarring to see him i was like really after all that i was really surprised yeah i, I was, was like really very surprised um because you know i thought the choice was very significant and was like not reversible you know i thought it, it, it meant something permanent yeah. um yeah. but at the same time dr stone doesn't always show like the active passage of time so like they may have been in the dark cut comms for a while and every the whole team is just scrambling like okay and Ryusui's like yo send me up with the next one I'll I'll I'll, I'll figure it out and they're like we're last... already planning to launch that thing so yeah, like last second like he was just like just I'll go I'll go help you know what I mean type yeah. I'm sure we'll get a I flashback feel... or something like that yeah. yeah I feel like that's how my brain has justified it and I was yeah like, right. that feels really good I like that a lot I'm glad that I brought that up because I definitely hadn't thought about it yeah. like that before dude yeah, we uh, awesome. we end the chapter with the the merging of Ryusui's the fourth piece or the third piece, and uh, is that the complete ship, or do they have one more coming in? I thought it was five pieces. I think that is five. Yeah, because there's a left, yeah. and a right, yeah, left, right, up, down, the whole cross, and then like the cross section, the little X part, yeah, the joint. Um, <laughs> I fucking cackled when I saw 1617 and he was doing the human reaction wheel and he's just like, I'm throwing my body around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The human gyro. It's yeah. like, what are you, how are you doing this? I'm going to yeet myself 360 <laughs> a couple times and yeah. go. He's yeah. driving like this. I'm just like, man. That's hilarious. Yeah, he's wild. 
I think uh, I love that Sentu hits the fucking E equals MC squared on his shirt, like the most like hype driving ending possible. It's like kachunk kachunk, everything's good. He's like, all right, let's do this. Boom, put the fucking put the equation on my shirt so you know it's real type shit. (laughs) So fucking sick. But yeah, I'm good on shirt with that shit. Yeah, I'm I'm good on Doctor Stone for sure. Me too. All right, yeah, me too. Alrighty, well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into chapter 340 of My Hero Academia. And the name of this chapter is I Am Lacking This Week. What the fuck? At the very end, the way we all became heroes, part three. (laughs) The the story of how we all became heroes, part three. And uh, this chapter... I don't know how to feel about this chapter. <laughs> I love this chapter, at least in the beginning. I like how even though we don't know the entirety of the plan, obviously, because they want to save that for the actual conflict, we still get this war room kind of discussion. That is just like always one of my favorite scenes whenever we're going into something crazy is like everybody who matters sitting down and going, this is what we're looking at, moving pieces on the board and discovering or deciding exactly how they're going to move. I just always love that scene. And Kohei's, like, really good at this kind of stuff, just naturally, yeah. so. I love the beginning of the chapter. Uh, yeah. For that reason. Because it's like, man, as soon as uh, as soon as All Might's, like, whether we're talking about plan A or plan B, what we have to do no matter what is, and I'm just like, oh, what's plan A and plan B, though? Like, do we know that? Like, no, like, we gotta, we gotta wait for that, but, like, shit. One of my favorite moments early on in the chapter was when um, Ragdoll is talking, and Hawks and her are kind of going back and forth. And she's like, oh, taking every precaution, but come on still. You know, I sure wish Ryoko, da-da-da, you know, could be here. And um, Hawks is like, oh, sorry, they're not here. It's not like we doubt their loyalty or anything. And she's like, meh. And he's like, meh. Meh. Yeah, <laughs> just going along with it so far. <laughs> I just like that he just goes with it because, like, Hawks is just a very easygoing dude, and he's just like, yeah. you know what, fuck it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get along with anybody type dude. Yeah, he's yeah. a good vibe. Yeah. Um. Uh, man, I love Ragdoll's civilian outfit. Like, it's mm-hmm. very like, it's very classy. It's a little chic. I like the belt. Like, the belt buckle's kind of cute. I'm like, ah, oh, this is a this is a this is like a top streetwear. Yeah. everyday wear outfit for them like i like that and yeah. i like how in oh, he's my good hero, about there's, drip. they're oh, so yeah. good about that like this seems like fitting for the kind of person that they happen to be and like or age demographic they are because like the wild wild pussycats are kind of older yeah i love the uh i love the divide and conquer strategy or for, mm-hmm. for what they're talking about right now because it's mm-hmm. like man you think about it and it's like yeah, that brings us to, like, the most convenient shonen, you know, kind of situation that we all, you know, like, kind of, uh, you know, have come to expect from, you know, from the demographic up until this point. So it's like, oh, yeah, we're all going to split into, like, basically, like, you know, 1v1, almost 1v1 kind of situations. And it's like, that's right on time, because it's like the last conflict was just an all-out war with pieces all over the chessboard splashing into each other, you know, in big waves all the time. So, like, having the conflict this time for this war be split apart and kind of um you know Tactical. isolated tactically it makes a lot of sense because of how much time they kind of have had to like plan for this one the last one the information came kind of quick and they had to react you know 
like right away basically they didn't really yeah. yeah they didn't have time to come up with a strategy like this so it, it just all feels really good i oh man i love that because it like it logically i like it because like it does have the classic trope but logically frames it and yeah. then it'll really reminisce to like one of my favorite times of my hero academia which was like the training arc the, the like not the training arc it was when like the kids were being paired up and fighting the teachers right so like when like tokiyami i think that's the license exam right uh, yeah asui were fighting ectoplasm Mm -hmm. the guy that could clone himself i really liked that and they're like hey we're preparing you to fight people that may not have you may not have a good quirk matchup against and so i was like yes this is what they were trained to do like i like that kind of looping back to that style that moment yeah. yeah to me it's very satisfying story-wise oh yeah um i also really dig uh dr dinosaur where is he he's yeah i saw that he's hiding he's hiding where but he was he? there dirt wit he's on nine yes page nine yeah, yeah. dr dinosaur yoshi yeah. md yeah i love that guy yoshi was... md, <laughs> yoshi MD. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking dead. <laughs> I'm fucking uh, Dr. Dinosaur, Yoshi, Yoshi MD. Yoshi MD, me the fuck out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you want a Reptar bar? After I, 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 no, oh, you need to talk to Dr. Reptar in pediatrics. Uh, I didn't um, even notice this dude. Yeah, you dude, did. I don't know. He, he's, in, uh, he's in the episode where... Uh, Endeavor is talking to his family and his wife shows up at the hospital. Oh, Doctor, so Dr. Dinosaur is in the background up? there. He's the one like taking care of Endeavor. Dr. Dinosaur's wife shows up? No, no, Endeavor's wife. Oh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Oh, I okay. Yeah, right, right. No, that's not an elaborate <laughs> side character. No, I, I just, yeah. I just there. I was like, wait, what? I just Doctor Dinosaur's wife. Where did I miss she? a whole Doctor Dinosaur arc, like mini arc going? Is like, why didn't you say something? Like, where was this chapters ago? <laughs> no, but he's a great like background guy that they've tied into like that location, and I just like that. Yeah, <laughs> I love the I love the minor background characters like um manual yeah that guy that like yeah made a racer head's eyes wet <laughs> the giganto Machia fight yeah. oh man he does uh, his intern or he does yeah. internship you know that's who he did yeah. his internship yeah yeah, with. yeah 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 true 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 yeah. taught him how to be a, a calm i collected hero i guess that yeah i don't know I love the okay, scene yeah. with Aoyama and Aizawa. I think that this shit yes. was so well done visually and in the dialogue, in the exchange, is just like all so good. It's just reinforcing Aoyama's position on the mistake that he made and like Aizawa kind of, you know, not wanting to sugarcoat anything. You know what I mean? And just like giving him the, the raw, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you suck. You know you suck. We all know you suck. We still fuck with you, though. But, like, the one thing that you have to do to make up for this is what is expected of you right now. And I know that you have anxiety about, like, what you'll do when you're faced with all for one again. But, like, even though you fucked up and everyone knows it, like, people were still trying to ride for you. So use that 
as a strength to get the damn job done. And like I said, like I didn't fucking expel you, so feel as shitty yeah. as you need to, but then let's get this money. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I like, just love it. You almost feel like you know, yeah. Aizawa probably has a soft spot for him in this situation, especially because of like, isn't this isn't this conversation like kind of juxtaposed in a big way for Aizawa with the conversation with um Kurogiri. Yes. I think that's why they flash back to him there for a second. They're they're both people uh, that have been toyed with by All for One, you know, given quirks by All for One, and fucking have lost themselves to him. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think, especially for Aizawa, this probably hits home in a different kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. And this this panel on 13, when he's like, because none of the lessons I teach my students are about living a life burdened by guilt. As ashamed and despicable as you feel, you will walk alongside the friends who still reach out to you. And it being just them, like no background whatsoever. They don't even draw the restraint wraps that Aoyama has, you know, like wrapped around because they just want you to see the characters. You know what I mean? Like it's just them, you know, and like that shit hits so hard visually for me with the dialogue too. And then going into the fucking Kurogiri, like little panel panel there too. It's just like so fire. Kohei's really good at this kind of thing. Kohei is t- masterful. Mm. Aoyama actually looks good in those pages. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Design-wise, he looks good. Like, 12, 13, and, like, especially 14. I'm like, man, he mm. actually looks really solid. Mm-hmm. Normally, I'm like, you have the dumbest design. I hate Yeah, get out of my face. <laughs> um, get off my like, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I knew you were going to say that. I was waiting for it. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. Aoyama <laughs> slander. <laughs> Steve Buscemi, you know, he's got a weird face. Yeah, Fargo, yeah. He'll hit you with a naval saber. (laughs) Hit me with any other technique besides the naval saber, bro. Like, just shoot me with the beam. He hits me with the (laughs) naval saber. I'm going to call HR. You've got to have a strong strong sword fight with your belly button, Mike. Yeah. We had a chapter called Docking, and, you know, Naval Saber somehow works. <laughs> Yo, chill. Oh, my God. <laughs> Docking. Holy no, shit. it's good, though. But um, big I... Spidey vibes. Okay, go ahead. Oh. Oh, huge Spidey vibes from Shinzo. For Shinzo? Shinzo? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Fuck yeah. No, that's real good. I wonder how his quirk will um interact with All for One and Shigaraki. I uh... think that'll be really fun. Um, yeah. I figure I figure that's why he's second. here, right? Like that's you know to kind of. I think that plus they um isn't Eraserhead still kind of like off active duty? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he they need someone to suppress others. Yeah. So like they need I that crowd love, control. I yeah. I want him to be like on Dobby and like speaking in Endeavor's voice, mocking. Him. Yo. <laughs> I want to see that happen because Dobby's such a piece of shit. <laughs> But, like, no, like, think of the situation, though. Like, Shinso, like, pulls up on Shigaraki, says something mm-hmm. to him. He responds, locks him down, but then All for One just takes over instead mm-hmm. of Shigaraki. And now, like, does it, does it still affect the body or does it affect the soul or the mind? Um, I think that it, because the way they're intermingled and it's not keyed off, like, specific names like Stars and Stripes, um, I think... I think it would uh, take hold, and then he'd try to shift, but, so if we're doing, like, the bleach thing, and saying you're the king of the horse, right, Um, even though you've swapped places, 
the horse still has like a level of that ability affecting it. And so I feel like his movements, like if he says freeze, he'll still be able to move and do things, but he'll be like, his range of motion will be like a little limited or like his movements will be jerky. Like he's fighting through it. Like he's, he's, he'd be able to move, but like it'd be like trying to run through water a little bit for him. Mm. Or maybe they'll say, don't use your quirk. And then it's just Shigaraki's quirk, right? Like he does, all for one doesn't use his stockpile of quirks. And then it's just Shigaraki using his quirk mm. because he yeah. didn't answer. But they're still viewed as the same person. So I feel like there'd be limited effects on them. Sure. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be some cool writing too, is if like when the, when the heat is on and they're actually like, face to face with each other and the quirks are you know working or whatever we get some kind of you know dialogue breakdown of exactly why this situation is different technically you know than the situation with like shinso and deku for example because it's like i don't know it seems to have like a different effect already just on people that have access to you know vestige spaces period you know what i mean like that was when he used his quirk against deku in the sports mm -hmm. festival that was like the first time that we got a glimpse into the previous inheritors. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. Yeah, absolutely. And like, and like that moment triggered that link. You know what I mean? Like that, the effect of Shinso's quirk, you know, created that situation inside of Deku's yeah. mind. You know what I mean? So, or inside yeah, of his vested so space. Deep into your subconscious. Yeah. So like it already. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, like, Shin's, like that's going to be a thing that, like, we're going to see, we're going to get the answer to this question, and, like, I'm really excited like about that. I feel like it's going to be that, and then maybe add the wrinkle of, because Shigaraki and All for One are still not truly unified in purpose and at odds with each other, it'd be interesting to see if, like, Shinzo gets them to answer, it sends them deep, deep, deep into their subconscious, similar to, like, where we had that scene where the tat, uh, quirks are tearing each other apart, and... Mm -hmm stars and stripes revenge it's in that kind of like mind space and shigaraki says like nope i'm in charge now yeah, yeah. like so i think that'd be interesting to like have them to use that quirk interaction to like seize control from the other mm -hmm. so i think that might happen in that section yeah, I'm I'm ready to like that's like the most interesting point now for me in the story is like how shinso is going to interact with shigaraki and all for one like I'm definitely hyped to see like the the fights and the and and everything leading up and all the character writing and whatnot is gonna be is gonna be great I'm sure but like that's like the one thing in the back of my mind now that's like man when we get that that's gonna be fucking sick you know hell yeah I I like that Shinzo is basically just the next generation's Eraserhead it's just yeah. fantastic yeah. like because like Eraserhead's been like in so many fights yeah. and. It's all about like a new generation replacing the old and right. like, and they have similar power to... sets, right? So it's like, yeah. And I was like, finally, like this has been like a huge payoff being built up for like in the background, super subtly and slowly. Yeah, yeah. I love and it. I'm just like, yes, ah, very satisfying, very punchy. Um, I don't think you guys have read this one, but um, it's by a different author and different artist, but it's within the same IP, My Hero Vigilantes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that one, um, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> explores Kurigiri's like origin. I knew that. Yeah, I remember when we were covering those uh, those chapters. Uh, someone and brought it up. Yeah, 
I think that's like the way that they've been operating, like with the flashbacks here. Mm -hmm. It seems canon, right? So yeah. I feel like this author worked in collaboration with Horikoshi to like. Yeah. I'm pretty have sure something. it is canon. I heard that the, that all that shit was because you got like stain. You got like the stain origin almost in yes. there. You, you got, got like, origin. yeah, like, yeah, the, it's all of that really stuff. good. Um, it's nearing its climax, so you guys oh, wow, for real, it's like ending. Um, they've had like a really climactic fight. Um, oh, wow, like, it feels like the, the beginning of the end of the series, or right. it like, might be the final fight. That's it's cool. going balls to the wall right now, but they do cover that stuff, and so I like that. And I think that for me, reading that helps me, um, be a little more moved by. Uh, the scene in 12 and 13 where he's just like, hey, man, uh, there's going to be people, people reaching out to you. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, because, like, like uh, MC and Eraserhead were both trying to reach out to Kurogiri, and they're like, hey, man, like, I know you're fucked up, but, like, is oh, there Oh, present Mike? Oh, okay, okay. Present Mike, yeah. Okay. You said um, MC, and I was like, Deku wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. uh, i was blanking on his name for a yeah, second yeah, yeah. present um, mike yeah yeah present mike and they were just like hey man is there anything left of our friend in there and it's just like man like that really resonates with aoyama's position he's like are yeah. they my friends like am i their friend still like yeah, is yeah. there a friend in me to like be worth reaching back and i like that yeah beautiful that's yeah, no, real good real good love this chapter man everything leading into this has just been so good for me yeah definitely that's also, all i had on this, oh this Aoyama mini arc is definitely slapping yeah for sure for sure what's up though surprisingly um i love the doodles that all might makes for his like magnet board yeah board. yeah it's, i said like, that yeah it's adorable and i like, said that shit too i was like yeah that's really cool that's creative like minimalist but, yeah it's very minimalist but it's like everything you Effective. need yeah yeah it's it's like the dr stone thing where like hey you conveyed a lot with a very little let's go yeah hell yeah but uh yeah that's and all that's, i had for hero the Shigaraki one right there the hand at that angle yeah mm -hmm. absolutely ah, gotcha <laughs> love it that's all that's i had for uh my hero as well well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get into the last chapter of the night, the Peace de l'Existence, chapter 1037 of One Piece. Whoa. <laughs> Drunken Dragon Bagua. Yeah. And we also start off with this little cover story. You know, we're, I forgot we're in the German cover story. Yeah, so did um, I. German Devil Sixes, ah, an emotionless excursion, volume two. Judge size. And we got Judge here chilling with um, Ichiji and Reiji. Yes. So, yeah. So, cool. wait, isn't this like the. Um, isn't this during their escape from Big Mom, right? That's what this is telling? This is after, like, this is probably just right now, you know? Oh. Okay, I could have sworn that we were because like they're not, you know. I guess I just assumed uh, we were going to get that story in this in this cover story. Oh yeah, with all the snail ships evacuating. Yeah, yeah, because like, like we got Reiju's leg. It looks like a little kind of scraped up, bandaged, bandaged up here. Yeah, 
and there's like the shit on fire judged. in the background and shit too yeah so i guess i originally interpreted this as like them like sighing as in like man big mom's coming to fuck our shit up right now and not just like them chilling in present time but i guess i i guess i really just assumed from the last cover from the last cover chapter or last chapter cover that uh that we were just going to be told that story of what happened immediately following whole cake island hmm maybe i don't know i like it they're just like just chill and they're like yeah. i like it's just because like an emotional excursion and then like someone sighs and i feel like for me that's a very emotional thing to do because it's yeah. just like <sighs> yeah <laughs> so it's like is it on you it's just like you guys feel a little something right. frustration maybe but like something yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, we, you know, well, I mean, moving right into the actual events of the chapter, we mm -hmm. start off with, like, it's, this chapter is pretty much all Luffy and Kaido shit. Beautiful! Mm -hmm. Beautiful, yes, yes, beautiful. We get choreography, lots of lots of Luffy and Kaido stuff, but, like, how do you feel about this drunken Kaido shit? I think it's fine. I think, I, I, think it's fine? Yeah, I think it's fine. I don't know, man. Because uh, it's like, okay... So he gets drunk and you're like, oh, now he's like not going to be as effective or whatever, or he's weakening himself so that Luffy can beat him or whatever. But then it says right away. I just away, thought his dialogue was way more interesting when he wasn't like drunk. Oh, like, sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I think this is, I think this is cool. Um, if on that front, like I didn't have like an issue with that. I just like automatically just attributed your, uh you bringing it up because of you know the the power like the power difference that it might have so yeah if that's not what it is then whatever but i i i'm like always just ready to combat like the power scaling you know like arguments and discourse that i that i see because it's like he says right here it's like a, i wouldn't make myself weaker like don't be dumb like i'm totally fine I, and and i think we can take that at face value and like that's just oda letting us know like it's okay this isn't like him nerfing himself so that luffy can win yeah yeah. It's just see he's annoying. I'm like, yo, shut the fuck up. Like Yeah. Going through all the stages of drunkness. Like yeah. yeah. And he's a, he's a chatty drunk. Sorry. He's just <laughs> cool dude, chatty drunk. It happens. Yeah. Um I, at least I, it's I consistent. Think... Like he's been getting mm -hmm. faded in combat, you know what I mean? Like pretty much the entire time that we've seen him in this arc. He he was a, his original first confrontation with Luffy was drunk. He's been drinking. And I think it ties back into just how he feels emotionally going through the arc. Like, this is a big, like, a lot is weighing on this man right now. And if he really is, like, an alcoholic like that, then, like, it makes perfect sense that he would be drinking himself through this. I mean, he also, like, it's just one of those things that he enjoys. Like, he likes drinking. He likes fighting. He yeah. likes winning. Like, he's, he's just that kind of, like, overindulgent kind of person yeah. Like, they have the whole feasting thing, whereas the rest of the country starves, and they're just like, eh, this is the thing. We're gonna yeah. do it, we're gonna live the life. Yeah. Um, because but, like, a lot, of, like, a lot of the psychological shit, too, like, has probably has a lot to do, you know, with his drinking, because it's like, man, it's like, not only did you get ambushed, you weren't expecting that. You weren't expecting the ambush to be that effective. All of the fucking scabbards were on your shit, hurting you in ways you never thought they could. They were reminiscent of fucking Odin, who you already have, like you know ptsd traumas for you know and then a motherfucker pulls up with that dude's sword and cuts the shit out of you which i'm sure mm. was you know not ideal yeah you yeah. know like there's a lot he's been going through it emotionally and psychologically like then you have like the fucking yamato shit and like his people are my child rejected me yeah he he could probably tell that his people are getting their ass whooped down there because they're not up here yet type shit you know what i mean there's like mm. this motherfucker's going through it probably 
Oh man, I I kind of liked it because um. Remember Jin from Yu Yu Hakusho during the Dark Tournament? He had the tornado fist. The wind power, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chu, there he was. His name was Chu. He Chu was the, was the drunk one, yeah. yeah. Knife edge deathmatch, yep, yep. Yes, yeah. I love yeah. that. So, like, for me, I was like, okay, yeah. Crusty, hardcore, older guy, warrior guy, getting drunk because he just likes it. And the idea that, like, you know, um... Like when you do drink, Trust. you do get you do get looser. You do get yeah. looser when you drink. Um, you're not held back by a lot more hesitations. And like Haki, they said his Haki was swelling and like getting better. Um, and it's almost like he's using the alcohol to kind of like cleanse his like doubts or like the impurities and reinforce his will. Have... Oh yeah, like he's strengthening and focusing his will. Like it's it's used like a crystal for a yeah. prism for light. Yeah. It's just condensing it. Yeah, and when you're drunk, not like about other stuff. yeah, when you're drunk, like when you're really drunk like that, you're like you have like yeah, tunnel vision for a specific thing a lot of the time, and like it's literally just your will, like guiding your decision making, like when you're yeah. really faded like that, like you don't think about so, rational anything, logical anything. It's just desire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and then he's so, all limber. Like, he's just like, okay, I don't hurt as much, you know. Yeah. Uh, First painkiller was whiskey, so like yeah. that's a really cool way um, to look at that. Yeah. But that the choreography is insane, bro. He rushes him with the Bogwe, backflips over that shit, lands on it, kicks him in the fucking chin, goes to follow up, gets grabbed by the tail, slammed into the headbutt. The headbutts don't even touch because of the conqueror's hockey. Like that shit's so drastic. And I always like feel like Oh, to be on Twitter, bro. Like, I know he's, like, not or whatever, but maybe he is. I don't fucking I know he what he's doing. But, like, right when people start complaining about choreography in One Piece, like, in droves, he drops it's a like banger that. choreography chapter. He's like, oh, yeah? All right, watch Shut this. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Silence, peasants. Yeah. Um, no, I love that. Because, like, on 8 and 9, Luffy just, like, plants himself firmly and then yeah. back kicks him just like a donkey dude just like mm -hmm. a kick to the head by a horse it's gonna go so stupid in the anime oh my god uh it's so good yeah, wow. I'm, I'm glad that we're at like we're seemingly just at this you know luffy and kaido focus section of the of the arc now and it's like man this is what we've been fucking waiting for like 1v1 yonko fight like top to bottom like it's a, like it's here like it's about to be mm -hmm. like we're we're going towards the end of the arc actually and it's like man i wonder uh i wonder how we'll feel about this fight compared to like a fight like katakuri versus luffy when it's all said and done that's in the I'm anime like. as well yeah in the anime as well too like i'm really i'm really interested in like post wano discussions really because i just want the arc to end because this has been like such a headache to follow inside of one piece community Mm -hmm. but like also just because it's like man it means so much after this the story changes just so insanely especially with all of like the narrative build up to like more um vague and like mysterious things yeah especially and at the end of this chapter we get a little bit of that too which is wild oh man uh, like we're really about to see the fall of a yonko right now I know, like, that's, like, so crazy to, like, think about. That's it's why, not, that's why. dude, it hasn't even fully set in, bro. Yeah, like, I, shit. I'm literally sitting here, like, damn, looking at this panel of Luffy kicking Kaido and his shit, like. <laughs> oh, 
Like we here. You really about to see a young go fall right now. Like, yeah. damn, bro. Yeah. He shoots the hyper beam. He fucking jumps over it, like loads up the rock gatling into the fucking Kondali dragon swarm. That panel is so mm-hmm. insane. That clash is so fucking well drawn, dude. Like all of the impacts. Hell yeah. Oh man. I like the transition too on those like last few double spreads. Starting at like Oh shit. Like starting at like ten eleven, right? Yeah. It starts like it's more or less like the classic two page spread. Mm-hmm. And then it starts veering off into the Gatling where it's like mm-hmm. off center and more of a full screen. I was like, all right, like a gradual transition with yeah. the framing. And I was like, yeah, that's nice. Sure. Um, my favorite part was the little old man at the beginning who was just like, this is the one day of the year I get to drink. I'm going to talk shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yo, 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 chill, Orochi, Orochi. And they're like, hey, secret police, you know, you got to watch out. Yeah. And he's like, nah, I don't give a fuck. That guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. He's like, nah, I don't give a fuck. That guy sucks. <laughs> so, I think we got to talk about the elephant in the room here. Hey, I see what you did there. The last part of the chapter. Yeah. We move into Mary's Walk. Yeah. And I'm just going to say this, like, entire two pages worth of dialogue here, because it's just like... Yeah, do it. It is, it is what it is. Yeah, do it up, do Move it up. to Sacred Mary Jaw, red line. This year's reverie is simply accursed. Oh yeah, let it go already. It's what is unfolding in Wano that makes matters pressing now. Who could have imagined the battle would become this intense? If we strike, it should be... Um, it should be now. I presume we have Nico, Robin, and Custody already. They think that... Whatever... Um, so the ships are waiting near Wano. There's a huge shadow up ahead. What was it? Da-da-da. I don't know. An island. Zo. No, that's impossible. That fruit. It's just so weird how this fucking conversation flows, bro. Mm-hmm. So, oh, the name the Elder Stars, fruit. the Gorosei, they're saying there is a nameless fruit. The dialogue is, uh, the fruit is only a legend now, even to us. It has not awakened for centuries. Yeah. Upon centuries. Yeah. Uh, and then another one of the Gora say, then why would the government bother to give that one specific devil fruit another name? Yeah. It's to erase that fruit's name from the annals of history. Isn't it? So. Yeah, the conversation moves so weird because it's like they know what they're talking about and we They're don't. speaking so in codes like, on yeah. purpose, yeah. Well, like, no, they're just speaking as if, like, everyone in the room knows what the fuck. Like, we, we, we jumped into the well, middle, of, a, we jumped into the middle of a conversation. Yeah, yeah, there is a little bit of a time and there is a little bit of a break in time as well. Yeah. I wonder what the elephant is. That's Zunisha. Zunisha? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zunisha is the giant elephant with Zoe on his back. And he, like... She, I think it's a, I think Zunisha is a girl, is what they said. I think yeah. they use she for her. But yeah, she fucking uh, fucks Smack up Jack. out of Jack. Yeah. yeah, Jack and his ships, like, after, the, at the end of the Zoe arc, she, like, sunk uh-huh. all of Jack's ships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what the fuck is this fruit? Is it Luffy's fruit? Is it Law's fruit? Is it a fruit we don't know about yet? Is it, does Zunisha have a fruit? And that's what they're talking about. Is it the fruit of the person who gave Zunisha their order? Yeah. Is your is Uranus a fruit? 
that they they, they changed the name of Uranus. I remember thinking it was like the Gomu Gomu originally, like in your in your uh, live reaction. I think I said that, and that was just like the first thing that came to mind, like when they said, you know, because I read the I read the uh, the scan too, and it's there's even like different wording in the scan or whatever. But I but then when you were talking about it, I was like, yeah, no, it's got to be a fruit that no one knows about that they're trying to keep from people from knowing about or whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, I've seen good arguments that it could be Luffy's fruit, but the best argument I've seen against it is probably that uh, in the canon, Oda, like it's been stated in the story that by Oda, you know, just through dialogue, that um, when a person eats the devil fruit, they, they'll know its name. Mm. And uh, that Luffy just isn't the type of person to hide the real name of his devil fruit. So, uh, casually in conversation at some point in time, somebody would have said the name of the devil fruit, and he'd be like, no, it's actually this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's... Um, that to me, I'm like... Yeah, that that, that checks. Yeah, I mean... Okay. What was that part? How many decades it was before it regenerated? Oh no! I think I think the fruit can regrow pretty much right away, right? Yeah. yeah but they were talking about something hasn't. Awakened. It hasn't awakened for centuries upon centuries. So the people have had the fruit, yeah. But nobody's been able to awaken it for hundreds and hundreds of years. Hmm. I wonder. Um, I'm guessing since the void century, nine hundred years, whatever. Hmm. Makes you wonder what kind of power that is, because we have powers that are like really powerful, just absolutely like consequential, like the magma, the ice, um, you know, Marco being able to turn into a phoenix, Blackbeard's like weird void shadow magic. Um, what kind of stuff is that? Like, it's not. Is it a zone? Is it elemental? Is it more of an abstract ability? What if it's just it the one? devil fruit, like the original devil fruit? <laughs> yeah, it's the devil devil fruit. Yeah, the devil devil. <laughs> what would that even mean? I have no idea. Could be just like become a, a sea devil. I don't know. <laughs> could be like an ancient mythical godly zoan fruit that just gives you crazy, you know. The Leviathan fruit. Omnipotent, yeah. you know, godly abilities. God, I feel like that's too much even for One Piece. That's too Leviathan much. Leviathan Zoan or something. I don't know. I think the Sea Devil fruit would be hilarious. Sea Devil. And it's just like, you've become a mythical creature. Okay, fine. Fuck it. <laughs> what if, like, I've, I've always been, because obviously there aren't any fruits that have to do with, like, water like that, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, obviously that's just, like, the water zone Con- or, the water or whatever yeah but yeah like what if it's just like a water like like this you know like a water fruit because it's like think about how strong that would be it's like man like we're fighting on water a lot of the time and it's like if there was a user that could just manipulate the entire ocean i, you mean, know what I mean and that's like that would lend deal. towards like like neptune right like like instead of Uranus, it's Neptune or something like that, and they're just oh, like, "Yeah, shit. Neptune, yeah, he's the thing." Like or like Poseidon or whatever. It's yeah, like, I think it's you, Poseidon you, if, and Neptune. If, yeah, yeah, Greek. If and you Roman can Greek. control water, if you can turn your body into water, merge with water, and then just control water within a certain distance, you would effectively be god of the sea. Right, type shit, and it's mm-hmm. like it's 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 contradictory or whatever in some kind of way, and that's why we haven't seen them or whatever is like kind of like just how I've been thinking about that for. For a while, but like I feel like the the fact that we haven't seen that 
besides it just like not making sense inside of the power system up to our current understanding is also yeah. just because Otis saving that for some reason is just a thought that I have as well. And it's like, man. Or he could just go super troll and call it the One Piece fruit. <laughs> just like trying to think of like how that even like works. Cause it's like, man, Aokiji with the ice fruit, it's like you see him on open water and it's like it's over with too you know what i mean so it's like what about <laughs> this fruit in relation to the example that i just gave about it being so strong because you can just control water it's like what makes that more powerful than just aokiji just freezing the fucking ocean you're fighting on because it's like it's yeah. and now i'm like hmm, uh, like i don't know back to back to the you know back to the back of the mind box for that because it's like yeah it's like what could it be yeah i have, no, just, I have no idea i feel like it has it's to be just something such... that's just oh power over p over that's all folks it feels like such a dick tease too because like i feel like this is just not even going to be talked about for another fucking like 30 chapters. i know like maybe even longer who fucking knows like, yeah yeah, One Piece is that's you got to deal with that. It's like super interesting plot thread has just been hung down. And you're Guess just like, when you're gonna get that wrapped what up? What is he talking about? What's going on with Odisha? Two thousand ship deals later. The <laughs> fact that it's juxtaposed with this Zunisha panel though makes yeah, me yeah. think it has to do with Zunisha, and we're gonna get the answer sooner rather than later. I didn't take it that way. I looked at it as just like. Yo, like they're talking about that thing, and also Zunisha is here to fuck you up. Oh man, what if it's like? But it could obviously just be either one, you know. Or whatever, I think it'd be interesting if it was like the Kraken fruit, oh, and just Jesus. you turn into the Kraken. Like it's the Kraken zone trope. Like this is one of the oldest sea creatures alive. Have we seen and... any well, marine? Because, have look, we seen any marine animal zones yet? Look, not that I'm aware of. Yeah, me neither. They're but that's why it'd be so the elder okay, stars. Yeah. yeah, they're talking with the elder stars. Yeah, hold they're on, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. I feel like that doesn't work though, because like, then how do you swim, as in your marine animal form? How does that I mean, work? That's yeah. why I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. because of that's why it's yeah. like a special fruit that like takes forever to awaken. It's just oh, like, oh sure, like because um. Because, like, Krakens themselves and squids were nicknamed sea devils. Oh, wow. So, if they're, if, like, because they're, like, you know, they'll destroy things and stuff um, and tear apart ships, and there's always those horror stories about that. Um, So, like, the fact that sea devils made the fruit, what if the sea devils are actually a thing and they're just, like, squids, like, giant evil magical squids that have fruits that grant people random ass powers and they made a kraken fruit insane yeah i don't That'd know it's just a thought yeah, yeah for sure for sure oh yeah go done weirder stuff so yeah Oda, Oda do be on in his weird bag sometimes for sure but yeah eagle sorry go ahead man it's just weird the flow of this conversation because like they they they're on the Denden Mushi like they're saying all yeah they're talking about sorry the elder stars are talking about the fight between Big Mom and Hokkaido just saying anything could happen um, hopefully we have her in custody already Nico Robin and then they're telling on the Denden Mushi all the ships to all the ships to stand by they say all ships remain on standby. And the guy in the black hat 
yeah. on page 17 goes um and they go what is it and they said there's there's a huge shadow up ahead what is it i don't know an island and then there's like a passing of time kind of like white panel whoosh, yeah. kind of and then we go back to the elder stars and they're saying no that's impossible that fruit is only a legend now even to us it has not awakened for centuries upon centuries then why would the government bother to have to give that one specific devil fruit another name and then we get the to erase the annals that are to erase from the annals of history but the conversation shifts from big mom and kaido and robin to this fucking devil fruit and it it shifts because of something this dude says on the denden mushi when zunisha shows up no i think that that's just a coincidence right because he's like i don't know an island and then you think that the bald gorse with the giant mustache is saying no that's impossible to the i to the an island dialogue bubble but like i think that they're just continuing their conversation after a break in time I don't think that they're talking to him on the on the Den Den Mushi at all. I think that that's just a separate conversation that's happening uh, throughout their comm system, and it's and it doesn't have anything to do with what the Goro say are talking about at all. But what conversation are they continuing though? Right, Oda's just not showing us that. He's making it. It's it's confusing on purpose. To make all right. What are they I'm talking about? Disagree. Okay. And but like the way that I see it, because it's like, okay, they're having their first conversation here in this middle dialogue bubble when Kaido and Big Mom are involved in a fight, death could easily come for anyone, which makes it the perfect cover to eliminate inconveniences. And then time is shifting over to this at sea near Wano. All ships remain on standby. Um, what, what is it? Like, does the, like, do you think that they're talking to the Gorosei? Yes, via Denden Mushi. Right, but like, I don't even see them... Like, they're talking to each other. They're, they don't even have a Denden Mushi. Yes, he does. On the top of page 17, this dude in the black hat is yeah, holding a Denden Mushi. Yeah, but where's their Denden? Where's the Gorosei's Denden Mushi? They always got one right on a little table in the office, in the tent. Is, is, that, is that right? I mean, I can't see a Denden Mushi. I, if they always have that, I right just Right in front of them on the table, there is a Denden Mushi. Okay, you see it? Or you're just yes, saying right it's right there because the it's table always in there? Front of them. I don't even see that. There's just things on it. I don't even see... The Den Den Mushi at all. I, I can't make out anything on the table. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, um, it's very hard to say. That's what I'm saying. It's like, are like, they even communicating with them? I know you want to think so because the conversation seems to flow right back to the Gorosei as if they're talking to him on the Den Den Mushi. But I'm saying I think that these are two completely separate conversations leading into the uh, the last panel, right? Because Zunisha is pulling up on the boat, on the ships. That's linking to what the guy in the black hat is talking about. But then their dialogue from their separate conversation is also superimposed over that scene as well. So I think that it's just two conversations. In parallel. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that would be really weird. I, could, okay. I mean, it's, it is a weird conversation, to be honest. They don't um, have to be talking I, to the Gorosei, though. Like, this dude could be talking yeah. to, like, literally anyone else inside of the Navy. That he'd be regularly using his communications device or uh, communication system for. Like, I, I really don't think they have to be talking to the Gorosei at all. The Gorosei are having a completely different conversation than what they're talking about with the what the guy with the black hat is talking about. Well, yeah, but why would you include a random fucking person on the Denden Mushi? To let you know that Zunisha is pulling up. Yeah, I feel like they're referring to Zunisha. 
when they're like erase that fruit's name from the annals history. Isn't yeah, it? I think that's what I think that's what Eagle thinks too. But I'm saying I think that they're that these are just two completely different conversations that are happening. Mm. The guy on the black hat is telling his people that a giant shadowy figure is, is pulling up to the behind the ships, and the Gorosei are having their conversation about Kaido and Nico Robin and this fruit completely separate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see. I see where you're coming. That's from. just that's um, just that's just my interpretation of it. It definitely doesn't have to be factual, but that's just like my take. I mean, on it. that's fair, and I also feel like the ambiguity of it is the point a little bit. Where right, it's just like, am I talking about it straight, or am I being a little sly about it? Right. Check out next chapter. Find right. out. In like 10 no, chapters. not next <laughs> chapter. Yeah, at least ten. I'm and guessing. Then, <laughs> find out. Yeah. I'm Oda. <laughs> but definitely, like, very awkwardly composed. I agree with that. You know mm. what I mean? Because it's like, up until, like, when I when we started this review, I definitely thought the same thing, I think. Because it's like, yeah. because the dude's like, er, there's a huge shadow up ahead. What is it? I don't know. An island? Question mark. And then it goes back to the Gores, and he's like, no, that's impossible. It sounds like he's answering that dude's question. Mm. And... But that just like a, like after the conversation and reading it again, I just don't think that's what's happening anymore. So well, I'm saying it's not a, not that it's impossible. I'm just saying um, yeah. I think it's a little 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 sticklery to to say that because I can't point out a den in Mushi like we know. I they just couldn't see it. One. I I, I we didn't know they're always linked to this situation. They're specifically referring about what's unfolding in Wano. Yeah, yeah. We know 100% beyond the shadow of a doubt they have a Denden Mushi to one of these ships. Yeah, right, absolutely. It's that's keeping them up to date on that, the situation. That's like, for I sure, but that doesn't mean they have to be using it right now in this scene. They're giving commands to this dude. Yeah, it, I mean, it seems that way. It seems that way. All goes, ships remain yeah. on standby. We don't see who's actually saying that. You're, like you're like you're making an assumption. Your assumption is fine, but I don't think the chapter confirms anything. One way or the other. Really. One way or the other. Yeah. If you want to take yeah. That. That's I think what I'm saying. I think it's an easy okay assumption to make that. Yeah, it is. Talking, I I literally just said I thought the exact same thing as you when we started the review, <laughs> like moments ago. It's fine. That's fine. Yeah, like I get um, what you're saying, bro. I just don't think that's the case anymore. I want, I'm interested to see, cause like. Let us know in the comments what y'all think. What, yeah. what, how is the conversation going? Do you think it's what Eagle is saying or do you think it's what I recently introduced? Let us, let us know down there. Or if it's something different, throw that in, throw that in too, of course. But yeah. But yeah. But I think that's pretty much all I had. Yeah, I think I'm yeah. good on One Piece too. All right, well, I think that'll do it for this chapter of One Piece. I think that'll do it for this episode of the Project Manga Podcast. So, thank you all so much for watching. If you did, be sure to slap a like on this video if you enjoyed it. Make sure that you subscribe to the channel as well for more Fire Ass Weekly content. Make sure you comment on this video. Let us know what you thought of this week in Jump or uh, the conversation as a whole. And uh, as we said before, be sure to check out the description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts such as Twitter, online communities like Discord, and uh, places to support the podcast like our online shop and our Patreon, as well as audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on. Oh, yeah. With all that said, this will be another stupendous episode of the Project Manga Podcast wrapping up. I'm your host, Eagle. Knox. Mellow Yenis. Peace.